What's up guys? Welcome back inside the crazy ant farm. Holy moly, episode 88 this week. 88. Ooh, 88. And boy. yes, it's me. It's it crazy is. ant guy. That's it's me. Right. It's yeah. the mouth. Under the weather. Yeah, the mouth is a little under the weather. So if my voice sounds different. Or if I go into a sneezing attack or any kind of a sinus thing, you've been warned. Yeah, you've been warned but from the, the get-go. the show must go on. That's it's what they true. say, right? The show must go on. Exactly. So. Exactly. We have a great show for you guys this week. We have the one and only Kayla Adams coming yes. on the show. Yes. She was absolutely phenomenal to talk to. Cannot I mean, wait for everybody to hear this one. Absolutely. I uh, uh, can't miss. Look, I mean, Brad Pitt, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. She might talk about both. Exactly. If you miss the interview, you won't know. Exactly. You got to listen to this one. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And oh man, we are jam-packed with industry news. Of course, we're talking about the juggernauts, the ones we talk about every single week. Disney, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, HBO, all the streaming wars still alive and well. Oh yeah. And I mean, we got some stuff with Warner Brothers. We just heard yesterday that the one and only Jonah Hill is out of talks with the batman movie yeah mm. and does that or does that not have to do with two casting announcements exactly. that were made we don't know exactly. but we're gonna be talking about it we're exactly. gonna be talking about it exactly and our top five this week is top five marvel team-ups that you want to see on the big screen yes. and the streaming screen cannot wait to give you guys that we promoted that a little bit yesterday we know we have a lot of marvel dc comic book all around fans out there so this one's for you yes yes, this yes. one's for you and of course to introduce ourselves today myself jlo fantastic and the one and only sick mouth <laughs> sick mouth yeah. i've been called a lot of things man i'm the sick mouth yeah, right. I've called a lot of things. it's a little sylvester stallone right that's there. right i'm sick noodle soup <laughs> if i can eat it you can eat it we all can eat it we all can eat it not on it tonight that's right bernie said oh my god that was so good that was Fuck so yeah. good go uh, back did you guys watch that the debate bernie sanders right. if you're not keeping up with these debates you need to just because you need to stay informed and who's gonna run the country for the next four years once the election and campaign trail gets started you need to be informed guys absolutely exercise your right absolutely. to vote absolutely and they're entertaining as hell. Exactly. Entertaining as <laughs> like, hell. Like, it's wild. It's wild. Uh, before we get started on this thing, you know we got to plug our website, crazyantmedia.com. Head over there, click on our merchandise tab, and click anything that looks appealing to you. You know we have sweatshirts, hoodies, tank tops, bags, little tote bags that you could take to the beach, you can take to Walmart, especially if you're out here in LA. You know if you go to Walmart, you gotta pay that 10 cents it's for true. a grocery bag. It's true. Like, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Just get you a crazy ant bag exactly. and you don't have to worry about it. Target don't even offer you bags. Yeah, exactly. So you so have to have you. a crazy ant bag to go into Target. Yeah, exactly. Like we were pissed off. <laughs> I remember when we first moved out here, we were pissed off about Walmart and shit, but at least they give you the choice. Mm -hmm. Target's like, fuck it. You right. bring your own bag. We're not giving you plastic. Like, not right. even an option. But it's so crazy. Crazy Shit's Ant so crazy. has the bag for you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Get him now. Get him right. now. Uh, let's get this thing started. We're going to start off with 
one of the juggernauts, Netflix. Oh, man. This one's crazy. We may or may not have 5,472 stories about Netflix. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. It seemed like every minute Netflix was dropping something new. Mm-hmm. But the biggie, their third quarter numbers were released. Yeah. Now, remember, if you guys are fans of the show and you listen to the show, you remember we talked about last quarter. They missed the numbers yeah, horribly. Exactly. Subscribers missed. Money missed. The stocks dropped massively after that. Uh, third quarter, though, third quarter estimates, they did better than expected uh, while the, against the Wall Street uh, numbers. Total revenue came in at $5.245 billion, roughly even with the analyst consensus forecast of 5.25, yeah. so just under. Uh, its global subscriber base increased by 6.8 million. They mm-hmm. now have 1583 million worldwide subscribers Mm. um short of internal forecast though they were hoping for seven million new subscribers they only got the 6.8 so they missed it yeah um in the u.s though it was even worse Mm. you remember we keep talking about this week in and week out they're trying to penetrate the foreign market because that's where they can see growth yeah exactly um but in the u.s it was worse uh it half a million new subscribers added that was it. Half yeah. a million. They were hoping for 800,000, so they missed that one by 300,000. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's only going to get worse in my right. opinion. Yeah. I mean, you got the new streamers coming. Yeah. So. I mean, this one's definitely going to be interesting. I don't think that in wake of all the streaming wars that Netflix will, in fact, go out of business. I just think that maybe – Maybe they just stopped targeting America and the United States and North America. They just continue their push towards international and try to dominate over there. Yeah, I mean, it, they're going to have to do something. And uh, look, they're scared. They say they're not, but this statement, this is their official statement, okay? They, they released this also with after the numbers. And for the first time, they're really referencing the competition. Yeah. This is what they said in an official statement to their shareholders. Um we have gone up against Amazon, YouTube, Hulu, and Linear TV for more than a decade, and the upcoming arrival of services like Disney+, Plus, Apple TV+, Plus, HBO Max, and the Peacock is increased competition. It will be noisy. There may be some modest headwind to our near-term growth, and we have tried to factor that into our guidance. In long term, they said that they expect that they'll continue to grow nicely given the strength of the service and large market opportunity. Translation, foreign. Yeah. Um, Because that's the market they're talking about. Now, this is where they get a little cocky. They also stated that while the new competitors have some great titles, especially catalog titles, because as you guys know, Disney's like unloading the whole vault, except for a few hundred films, which I was pissed off about. Maybe we'll talk about that a little later too. But then they said, but none of them have the variety, diversity, and quality of new original programming that we produce at Netflix Mm. around the world. Mm. Really? Because I feel like Disney's got a whole bunch of new original shows coming that (laughs) – My thing is they are leaning way more towards these original tent poles. Right. So I don't understand like in their own sense or in their own way, their own tent poles like we say each week in and in and out and like – they are signing these huge overall deals with these creators right. and bringing on these huge mega 
blockbuster movies it seems like that are costing them billions of dollars so it's just absolutely fucking crazy like okay that's original quote unquote but it's, right you but to it. somehow say that you're quality have you seen some of your original movies right maybe you're spending all that money out on these big stars because you realized your original movies before that were like at best high school films yeah i'm just saying i yeah. mean w- with the exception of one or two that we saw maybe yeah. on my list last week and you're like kodachrome yep. brilliant original netflix film but to get to a kodachrome you had to sit through like 25 bad ones exactly and that so or to that be bragging with, uh, lily james where she was uh yes 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 yeah. yes, yes. I forget I, that long, crazy name. That yeah, was a long, crazy yeah, name. Yeah, but I, I know exactly. Yeah, Guinsburg or yeah, 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 it's a German film. It yeah, you just trust us. But that was good. But, uh, but it yeah, was a good like, one. It's just like it's one out of like every five or six. I exactly. Feel like, so. Exactly. And talking about you know we you just brought up the sign and the big deals. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago that they uh, renewed uh, Stranger Things, one of their. Brilliant original yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. But in this case, true. Yeah, it is it a is. brilliant original show. And resigned the Duffer Brothers to a big multi-year deal. We talked about that. So it, when you make a statement like you have variety, diversity, yeah. and high quality, you tout one of those shows. Of course. So they also released that the season three of Stranger Things was viewed by 64 million households in its first four weeks on Netflix. That's the series' best numbers to date. Yeah. So they're touting that it was the most watched you know, on streamer and yeah. all this. The problem with that is – and I'm not saying that they're, they're not saying the truth. Mm-hmm. It's just – they don't release how they get those right, numbers. Exactly. So they could say sixty-four million, but then they never have anything to where anybody can verify exactly. that. So I do tend to think it's true because everybody was talking about yeah. Stranger Things, all the kind of stuff. So yeah. I believe those numbers are probably accurate. But guys, you get at some point when you throw numbers around like right. that, you got to start being able right. to prove that you have those yeah. numbers. And my thing with them is, I kind of liken it to like podcast platforms, honestly, because like. Would do those streams like accumulate by people who have finished the show or people who have just clicked on the link and like that counts as a viewer for like one episode or like does one episode count as a view for the entire season? Right. And I mean, I feel like that's a great point because podcast numbers are extremely confusing as well because like if you're just streaming in it and listening to it. I don't think it counts as a listen. Right. You have to download it. Yeah. Or if you download it but don't listen to it, then does it count? Yeah, exactly. Or whatever? It's extremely – there's a bunch of analytical stuff out there. So Netflix, I'm sure, has got some crazy stuff with the way they look at how their viewers – that's a great comparison, Jay. Yeah. I, I mean how do they, they fucking figure it out? Because you can download on Netflix now too. So does that count? It exactly. Just, it's confusing. It really but, is. It's not all. They've announced a bunch of shit. Like I said, Ivana Lombardi, Mm -hmm. who was the former Anna Panora Films uh, president, Mm -hmm. okay, is leaving that company to join Netflix as director of independent film. Oh. Yeah. She's going to report to Lisa Nishinurashahurma, the vice president of independent film and documentary features, and she actually starts on November 6th. Mm. This is kind of exciting because hopefully they get a more push towards original content yeah. and indie films like that would be super super helpful for like people on the come up right and we were talking about this last week you brought up a good point in last week's show is that netflix 
used to be the place where you could be an indie filmmaker and have a shot at getting your stuff to a to a national right. audience. They've kind of strayed away from that. Maybe now with appointing somebody as the head of independent film right. and documentary, because it seems like all these streamers are pushing towards documentaries yeah. also. This is a smart move. So hopefully that opens the door, like you said last week, to, to some more original content yeah. creators and because and, they need that, well, man. Well, it, it's interesting because like – Amazon Prime, you can upload your film onto Amazon right. Prime and get it viewed. Why can't you do the same thing with Netflix and then have an op? They have the option if they want to buy it or not. Right. You know? I think I think it's so, a great idea. Yeah. Listen it's a to great us. idea. Ten percent though. 10%. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now again, we woo so much controversy oh, around this film yeah, only because Scorsese can't keep his mouth shut right now man and then he got de niro involved in it and like it's just it's getting ugly brilliant but stop it's getting ugly netflix has slated a two-week engagement at hollywood's egyptian theater for the martin scorsese's the irishman yeah uh it's gonna play two screenings a day at the local theater gem Owned by Netflix, by the way. Yeah, if you guys exactly. don't know this story, they bought this famous hotel. I mean, this famous theater in Los Angeles. So they own it. That's why they're kicking it off there. Exactly. Um, it comes after Netflix also announced, and if you listen to our show, you know that they would be running the film on Broadway uh-huh. uh, in New York at Belasso Theater. Exactly. So, and if you don't know what we were talking about, joking around with the the, the controversy or whatever, I'm sh- and if you don't know, I don't. I'm baffled because <laughs> right. you, you must live under a rock in in Antarctica or something. Scorsese's been attacking Marvel on a daily basis almost. Is it a brilliant strategy to promote this film? Maybe. Or is that – I mean because he's getting talked about every single day. Now he's getting talked about on our show. Yeah. Or – because if that's the case, it was brilliant. Right. But if it's just because you're petty and you keep attacking Marvel, I think it's going to backfire. Exactly. He basically said that Marvel movies aren't real movies. They're not cinema. That they're like amusement park rides or whatever. And then this was the one that like really irked my craw though. And I think it got a bunch of people kind of mad is De Niro – said that the Marvel movies are cartoonish, that they look like a comic strip on the screen and in no way – and then dogged their visual effects. It's like, excuse me. Like the reason for your visual effects are because of Marvel. Exactly. He literally dogged their de-aging technology and it's the same technology that they're using in The Irishman to make De Niro and all the guys look younger. Exactly. Marvel fucking while they didn't create it they perfected it exactly. and and so to dog the very technology you know that you're using I just, oh. yeah, I know it irks grinds our gears man grinds our gears yep yeah but uh Netflix is also hopping on the bandwagon we talked about last week how own uh Oprah Winfrey's own is gonna set to produce like all these Christmas films well right. Netflix is also doing that yeah yeah Yep. Uh, Bill Abbott, I'm telling you, Hallmark Channel, Crown Media, right. he is sitting pretty right now going, yeah, yeah, the world is Christmas right. and I run it. Yeah, exactly. like, I mean, it's just, okay. Uh, yeah, this is crazy to me. A bunch of them, like six, Oof. six holiday films. Yeah. And guys, big name stars. Exactly. Everybody, you notice that – I don't know if anybody else has noticed, but I've definitely noticed that on the Hallmark movies, 
they're getting bigger and bigger stars yeah. to do these Hallmark Christmas mm-hmm. movies, like or just Hallmark movies in general. Exactly. That's because everybody wants to jump on this bandwagon because they're seeing Abbott. Although Abbott's known for you know a decade or more, but these big name stars are getting on board. So Netflix, of course, is going to try. Rob Lowe and Vanessa Hudgens are two of the stars getting in on the spirit. Mm, yeah. Um, Lowe is going to star with Kristen Davis from. Um, uh, Sex in the City, mm-hmm. uh, in a romance titled Holiday in the Wind. Oh. Yeah, that one's coming just yeah. a couple weeks, uh, November 1st. Nice. Hutchins, you guys might remember this, she did a Christmas movie for Netflix yeah. last year exactly. that apparently went over well enough. She's going to do another one. Yeah. Uh, the Night Before Christmas, and it's mm-hmm. a play on words because it's a night. It's about another – it was kind of like she went to the – even though it dealt with uh, cooking and baking, yeah. it was a castle and royals yeah. in her last one. This one apparently is too. It's yeah. about that kind of a night. Uh, royal family yeah um yeah that one debuts on november 21st then there's four more and just rolling right into that there's going to be a young adult series dash and lily from the producers nick jonas yeah yeah, and sean levy from stranger things um this is one of the holiday things that they're rolling out with the original movies except it's going to be an eight episode romantic comedy and wow, Austin Abrams. Yeah. It's going to star Austin Abrams. You guys, if you watch Walking Dead, you know who he is. Yep. Uh, he's in the news. We've got another story with him, too. Yeah. And Good Boys actress Midori Francis. Mm. So there you go. That's like so epic. four or five original <laughs> Christmas movies and a Christmas series. Right. Like Netflix ain't playing, man. No, they're, they're, they're not. Like, they, It'd be so funny if they call up Bob and was just like, hey, can we get inside that uh, that Christmas con right there? Right? Christmas con. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's how popular it is. I mean, Christmas. Christmas con guys like it, it's oh my gosh it's gonna be amazing and yeah will everybody now follow suit like if their wannabe Christmas movies are any somewhat successful will they also try to do their own wannabe mm-hmm. Christmas con like uh, Hallmark is exactly because and you will be a wannabe because Christmas con belongs to Hallmark exactly <laughs> they launched it first man it's like no it's just done that's the way it is that's, that's so the way funny. it is that's so funny are they done though no. no. Of course not. No. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to go. I'm going to – all right, no. No. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, all right. You're going to throw this one at me because of, yeah. of Lily Collins. All yeah. right. Yeah, everybody listens to the show. I'm a huge Lily Collins fan. I just think she's fantastic. Lily and Amanda Seyfried are joining David Fincher's upcoming Netflix feature. Yes, even Fincher is making a Netflix film. This is what like, J-Lo was talking about just a little bit ago about signing big names to make big films. Um, Mank. It's about the tumultuous development. This sounds really interesting, though. It's about the development of Orson Welles' classic Citizen Kane. Did you guys know he wasn't the sole writer on Citizen right. Kane? He fought to be the only sole writer yeah. and tried to rip Mank of the credit, uh, and that's what this film is about. Exactly. So it's going to be really interesting. Um Howard Jack Fincher. Mank follows famed Hollywood screenwriter Herman Mankiewicz, um, who co-wrote Citizen Kane with Wells and shared the Oscar win for the best original screenplay because Orson couldn't get him off of it. Yeah. Like, so it's going to be really interesting. And Lily's been jumping on these like biopic films, yeah, you know, the, she Tolstoy, uh, the Lord of the Rings, and like Tolkien, and like all these different things that she's been doing. Yeah. She seems to have found her little niche, and she's killing it. Man. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting too because we saw that uh, like last year they released the the documentary of Orson Welles' last film, yes. and then they actually released his last film, which is. Interesting to say the least. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to watch that one, go ahead. It's yeah, it's 
Interesting. <laughs> Three hours of no idea what kind of story this is. But I, I think they're going more towards like a they kind of want to shine light to this filmmaker. I wonder I wonder why all of a sudden. Yeah, I, th- I think I mean always in every conversation of Hollywood's best, yeah. you know, most brilliant filmmakers or whatever. But talk about a guy whose fuse lit, he caught fire, exploded, and mm-hmm. then it faded and died just as quick. Exactly. I mean, is Citizen Kane. And then he basically that would he couldn't you know yeah. he never could live up. That's what happens when your first one out of the gate is so massive yeah. you can't live up to it exactly. ever. And that's kind of what happens. So you're right. I, I think it's good that they're shining light on this guy. Uh, brilliant filmmaker, but his story by it, it's a crazy one. So mm-hmm. you guys should really watch it. Uh, really good stuff. Definitely, definitely. Mm, this next one. Yeah, Netflix has abruptly halted an immediate production star on an untitled Alexander Payne directed drama that was star that was going to star Mads Mikkelsen. Yep, yep. Um, sources say it's a rights issue. Apparently the subject of the film journalist Carl Ove Nosgard. Um, <laughs> that was good. Nosgard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Was left with an out and had a change of heart about having his story turned into a feature. Attempts were made to pull the full to pull the film back on track, but nothing is happening with it yep nope and and like there's a couple of things there first of all when they and and this is the crazy thing they remember we talked about this on the show when it was going down netflix outbid several other streamers to get this this, yeah and paid a hefty chunk of money and guys they were one week away from shooting which means they have spent a shit ton of money on pre-production and development getting it all the way up to about to go in production and now they can't so mm, I think Netflix should sue. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but can they? Because whoever drafted this contract fucked up. Yeah, they gave this guy apparently a provision in the contract that allowed him out. Damn, saying I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And and like so that's what happened. And yeah. that just more money burning. Exactly. <laughs> that could be like unfortunately for Netflix, burnt money that that they're never going to see back. Exactly. And that's ugh. Super crazy. That man. is super crazy. Yeah. Super, see, a lot of Netflix. Bro. Exactly. That was a lot that of was Netflix. Not, that was 22 minutes 22 of minutes in. It's only Netflix yeah, so far. Exactly. Like, exactly. Well, let's change gears <laughs> over to Apple. Oh, they announced they have ordered a Masters of the Air, a nine-episode drama from Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks. Yes. Apple is set to produce this series, which follows or serves as a follow-up to band of brothers which was very successful on hbo oh yeah yeah and uh this is interesting too because this is actually going to be and and we'll talk about this in a second but their first uh in-house film and well what the reason i said we'll talk about that in a minute is because apple also announced they started a studio yeah yeah, Apple's not just Apple anymore. It now they have a studio, guys. That's crazy. So, and this is going to be their first in-house film produced by this studio. It's a um, series, nine episodes. Series, series. series. So, but I mean, come on, basically a film. If you yeah, watch Band of Brothers exactly. and all of that, I mean, you like, might as oof. well have been. Yeah. Um. And and the crazy part is though. You know, Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks, they're huge into the war stuff yeah, and World exactly. War II. You know, the World War II Museum, I don't mm-hmm. even think would have seen the light of day had they not gotten behind it in yeah. New Orleans. Um, but, yeah, it begs to wonder why HBO Max didn't go after this exactly. for their streaming service. Did yeah. they and Apple outbid them or, like, how that went down? Well, it makes me wonder because Steven Spielberg is tight with Apple. So They, I they are. 
But he, I mean, come on. I mean, the bread and butter was HBO for exactly. a long time. So he just turned his back on HBO and exactly. like, hey, I mean. Exactly. It, what, if, oh, what if it's because of the streaming price in general? Because we have yet to hear a price from HBO Max. So That's true. I mean, maybe he thinks more people would watch it on Apple because of that lower price. It's true. I mean, uh, yeah, because what? HBO Max keeps giving you the range price, mm, yeah. but they haven't definitively locked exactly. down a price. So. I don't know, man. That, that, but I'm excited about the series. Me too. I, I mean, every time Spielberg and Hanks have collaborated on any of these war story type things, they've been huge successes and just brilliant pieces of work. Mm -hmm. So I, I can't wait to start hearing casting announcements or something about that. That's going to that's gonna be really good. Mm -hmm. So let's jump. Apple, like we said, announced that it was launching its first studio. The company placed worldwide video head Zach Van Amberg mm -hmm. and Jamie Ulrich in charge of it. Yeah. But outside of that leadership, they haven't given too many details. Yeah. Other than announcing, obviously, the Spielberg and Tom Hanks project. Right. But yeah. So now, you know, because we used to always talk about this. Oh, Apple's got all the money of Amazon, but they don't really have a studio. Because, you know, if you guys are familiar, Amazon actually has a film studio, mm -hmm. Amazon Studios. Well, so now does Apple. So, now does so Apple. there you go. A Apple. For anybody who thinks Apple was not fully committed, they are. Yeah. So we'll have to just mm. yeah, keep going, keep man. an eye on this one. Yeah. Keep an eye on this one. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they have also given a formal green light to the Ted Lasso comedy series. Uh, it's going to be. It's starring and co-written from the produced Saturday Night Live alumni Jason Sudeikis. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Now, if you guys are familiar, and if you're sports fans like we are, you know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, Lasso was a character created by Jason Sudeikis uh, that he would do uh, during NBC Sports videos a bunch of years ago. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he would come on and make commentary, and it was a comedic character, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it went over so well that they've decided to make an actual series out of it. Right. So, um, And you guys know Jason Sudeikis from Saturday Night Live and all the kind of stuff he's in. We're the Millers, horrible bosses. Yeah. Guy's funny as hell and talented Super as funny. hell and this character i actually did think this character was pretty funny yeah so you know will this translate into a huge show i don't know mm -hmm. but i do feel like it's going to be pretty funny yeah definitely definitely well now headed over to amazon we're talking about amazon studios well guess what guys former president of abc studios patrick moran is coming over to produce an overall deal with amazon studios yep Yep, I mean, we talk about this every week during the streaming horse too. Cherry picking everybody's competition, exactly. like, and so there's another one leaving ABC to go to Amazon. Uh, apparently, under the New Deal, Moran will develop. That <laughs> we might as well just have this on replay, auto, you know, just right. uh, just hit play and it'll say it again. Of course, he will develop new TV series to premiere globally on Prime Video in over 200 countries and territories. Right. Like every time we announce one of these deals, it's to produce new original content for streaming. and So uh, he's going to report to Jennifer Selke. Uh -huh. um, and it and looked a, like right after he left ABC, they were after him. Oh, yeah. Right. Selke went right after him. Yep. Um, but they actually worked together in the past when they both worked at Fox, yeah, 20th so Century Fox. They got history. Yeah, before, before for the whole deal with Fox, you know, being acquired by Disney kind of stuff. So, but that makes sense. You've worked with somebody, you know them, you know mm -hmm. what you're going to get from them, and now you're in a position to get them to work with you. I mean, so it makes sense. I mm -hmm. mean, that that's that's a good move. 
Good move. Yeah, definitely. And this next one I think is a great move on Howard University's part and Amazon Studios because this gives actual students who go to film school a chance to actually get their product seen. Howard University and Amazon Studios has teamed up to launch Howard Entertainment, a two-semester program based in Los Angeles that offers Howard students the ability to take courses, network with Amazon industry partners, and gain work experience in the entertainment industry. That helps so immensely. Absolutely, absolutely. And the goal is Howard University. Anybody's familiar? Predominantly black school. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the goal is to open the door for the entertainment business for African American students, exactly, and uh, marginalized communities yeah. as well. So not necessarily all African American, but other you know underprivileged or uh, marginalized communities where these people might need to want to try to get a break as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's a brilliant move. I think it's smart. And we know the play. I yeah. mean, everybody's trying for diversity right now. Yeah. So this is clearly a diversity move, but it's a good move. It is. And so you might be doing it for a, sp- a specific reason, but it's a good reason nonetheless. Exactly. Um, I do hope that it translates further, though, into everybody Agreed. can have this opportunity mm-hmm. to take this course. If Howard University wanted to show diversity, mm-hmm. they should open up the doors to outside students mm-hmm. to come in from any community yeah. or thing and say, look, we'll take anybody. Exactly. Don't, we don't care what color you are, what community you come from. We think everybody should take this course. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, if, if we're really striking a diversity program, be diverse. Exactly. Let everybody kind of do it. It's a brilliant move, though. How many times do you hear you go to school and then you try to go get in right. and you don't have any yeah, experience? Exactly. Or you go to try to get in and you have experience, but you don't have the know-how. Exactly. And uh, this is this combats that. Yeah. You go to school and get the experience exactly. by working with Amazon. It's a great move. I think all the studios should do this. Honestly, I, th- I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Because that would, like you said, it would help so many people just get on set. That is one of the hardest things to do. Yeah, to try to get on set and so. or network with some of the executives <laughs> exactly. as well, because they said they were going to be able to do that also. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, I think it's a brilliant move. I, I agree with you. I think all the studios should do it. And then. It's a good move for the studios too because when you're doing that, you get firsthand knowledge. You can start cherry picking these graduates exactly. to come and work for you exactly. because you're going to know what you get. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you're taking a chance on somebody and you have no idea what they're capable right. of doing. You just put these people through school, exactly. gave them the experience. You know what they can do. Exactly. So, yeah, it's a smart move, bro. I agree with you. I think they should do that. Agreed. Agreed. Now, heading over to HBO Max, Warner Brothers. Oh, goodness. This one's interesting. I'm not even going to lie. Um, summer loving. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> summer loving all year. All year. Uh, um, six months after Right Holders, Paramount's announced that a Grease feature film prequel, a live-action TV spinoff based on John Travolta and Olivia Newman, uh, John 1978 musical is in the works. Yeah. like, And, and if you have no idea... What we're talking about, you should have listened to the show because we talked about this. They did release uh, that a prequel to Grease. Yeah. So set happen. before John and, and Olivia Newton-John's characters. But now that's not enough. Yeah, now they're, they're going to do a, a, a musical series yeah. in the works. But this one, this is the crazy thing. It's going to take place the same time as Olivia Newton-John's and John Travolta's characters went to school. It's going to be interesting. So during Greece, yeah. not not a prequel, but during Greece. And it, yeah, and here's the crazy thing. It says 
some familiar faces will be there. Mm. No word on whether any original cast members will be involved, so I don't know if they're going to recast right. original faces. But if, but I mean, if it is original cast, they're old as like. How can it still be set in the same time period? But I mean, they would be like you know sixty years older. Oh, you know like, that stupid Marvel technology, right? <laughs> yeah, so, Sandy and yeah. Daniel look exactly <laughs> yeah. like they did in nineteen seventy-eight. Exactly. It's going to be great. John Travolta's like, man, I still have hair. <laughs> That's like, great. That's right. Oh my gosh, Stockard Channing, just bring them all back. Yeah, know, just bring right? the whole cast back. It'll be great. It's so um, great. I here's think, a th- I think it's going to be like HBO's Glee, actually. I mean, because I mean, every show I feel like nowadays is doing like a musical episode. Yeah, well, and and I think you're right. This because the description sounds like Glee. Uh, just a joyous musical series set in and around the world of Rydell High. Uh, and then it says. It's still in the 1950s, but it's a world that will rock big music numbers as well as original songs, which is exactly what Glee did. Mm. You're right. It'll and, yeah, and then of course high school. So you have the horrors yeah. of puberty, the roller coasters of life in Middle yeah. America, and all that good stuff. Well, yeah, right? and you know what? Also, I just thought of this is probably in wake of Disney's High School Musical series. Too. Yes. So yeah, giving it something to compete with. It's all about competing. Hey man, I'm a huge Grease fan. Yeah. I, I, I just again though, like, and I'm talking prequel, prequel, but if Olivia Holt is not Sandy. Mm-hmm. In a prequel, uh, it, epic fail. Yeah, just saying, she's spot on for Olivia Newton-John. I'm just gonna go back to that. All right. So, <laughs> anyway, in another huge diversity move, um, but again, a right move. Yes. HBO Max has also ordered Equal, which is gonna, and here we go again with the documentary. It's a docu series. Yeah. Um, Equal, a four-part docu series chronicling landmark events and forgotten heroes of the LGBTQ plus community. Mm. Um and movement and it's going to be and this is why you know it's going to be good yeah okay and we both know these guys both have huge deals with Definitely. warner brothers yeah. so it only makes sense that it was coming on hbo max yeah. uh greg berlanti and jim parsons yes that jim parsons sheldon uh yeah. for you guys if you didn't know and if you'd listen to us you would uh has a deal with uh warner brothers as well that's right. his that's wonderful productions mm-hmm. um and so there you go unscripted television for warner horizon is going to be involved in it and it marks the first project to come out of their new documentary series unit nice they have an entire unit set up at warner brothers television for this type stuff that's epic so i mean they probably saw the uh like how successful netflix was with the documentary series and like i mean of course there's others on different uh platforms but like i i'm thinking about like um Ah, the one, the one um, documentary series about like the nuns who are raped. Exactly. On Netflix, yes. Stuff like that. Yes. So interesting. And I mean, this this needs attention. Yeah. Because I don't think a Agreed. lot of people realize how many significant names were involved in the movement yeah. for the LGBTQ community. So, and look. I mean, I'm a huge Greg Berlanti fan. Uh This man is absolutely brilliant. If you guys are unaware of this, he literally has a show on every network right now. Yeah, it's plus plus streamers. Yeah. DC Universe and like uh, he's got like uh, this guy is just slaying it so uh, he's brilliant and you team him with Sheldon yeah come on Jim Parsons it's gonna be a brilliant show Mm -hmm. it's gonna be great agreed um let's see CBS we're gonna jump over to CBS boom boom CBS yes uh, (laughs) um Stephen Colbert has struck a contract extension that will keep the host at the helm of the network's late show 
through August of 2023. Damn. Yeah. So four years. Yeah. Um, yep. It's a long time, honestly, especially when I feel like he's been doing it already around like five, maybe. Yeah, now, he's been. Yeah, he's been at it a while. So yeah. yeah, it's crazy how long. I mean, it's it flies by, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But there, this is no coincidence, guys. His contract, his current contract, was expe- uh, expected to expire in August of 2020. Ah, uh, yeah. August of 2020. Yeah. Now that would be before what? That's right, November yeah. of 2020, the big election. Exactly. And as we all know, Colbert is all over, all over the, the election and Trump and all the candidates and everything like that. He wanted to stick around for the election. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. There's, it's no coincidence the timing of this, why he wanted to extend the contract, I have no doubt. Yeah. And maybe he walks away if somebody other than Trump wins. Mm. Yeah. You know, maybe he yeah. he walks away at 2023. But if Trump wins, I feel like he wants to be a part of that. Exactly. You know, I mean, so because you know he wants to dog the shit. Out exactly. Just like exactly. And I mean, there's so much to talk about right now, and I don't see it dying down anytime soon. No, in, no, in no, the political era. No, like, it's wild. It is. Wild. It's wild. Well, this next one is also wild. Um, an hour-long clueless TV series based on the 1995 hit feature is in works at CBS TV Studios. The project will be a new dramatic take on the high school comedy centered around uh, the Dion? Yeah, Dion. Dion character. Yep. Um, played in the movie and the 1996 series adapted by Stacy Dash. Of Stacy Dash fame that you know we talked about on the show. A yeah, couple weeks that ago. one. That Arrested guy. for domestic violence yeah. and then didn't have enough money for a lawyer. Yeah, she claimed so that oh, Stacy yeah. Dash. Um, yeah, um, yeah. You know though, I'm glad that that you brought up the fact that she because they did do a, a, a television series based on Clueless mm-hmm. a while back, yeah. but it was a comedy like the movie, and yeah. it did star Stacy Dash uh, and not Alicia Silverstone. So this is going to be interesting. A drama. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Right now, right? Drama. Like uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe they're trying to be the the cable, the cord version of Thirteen Reasons Why. Maybe just not as. Dark, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know, but it and it may not even end up on C, uh, CBS though. Oh really? That, yeah, it's just the studio producing it. It's apparently gotten a lot of interest from all of the streamers. You would of think course. CBS yeah. All Access, right? But apparently, uh, if it is to be a cord, like mm-hmm. you said, CW is apparently trying to go yeah. after it as well. I mean, that fits though because the CW's audience clicks on that type yeah. of a show. Yeah. So I mean, that that kind of makes sense. Teenage but. angst, man. I feel like that is always going to be in. I don't feel like no one is ever not going to want that. No, no. And uh, by the way, just another little CW shout out in case you guys missed it. Pat Alecki, leaving Supernatural when it right. ends. But Walker, Texas Ranger. That's right. That's right. The Walker uh, remake uh, that you guys know if you listen to our yeah. show. <laughs> Pat Alecki is going to – it was uh, greenlit and picked up by the CW. Yeah, which, makes sense. I mean no no surprise. This yeah. guy lives at the CW Basically. and I mean from yeah, – I, I, I mean if you really think about it, 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. I know everybody's saying, oh, 15, 16 years for Supernatural. But guys, he was on Gilmore exactly. Girls before that. 
pre-CW. It was the WB slash the CW. But Pat Alecki's been there the whole time. So it only made sense that the CW picked up fucking Walker. It it, it just would have been a disaster if not. Um, Any word on what Jensen's going to do? Does he, like, have any plans or is he just chilling with the fam? I I don't know. I mean, remember, he's got the brewery, though. You know, family business brewery. And maybe he goes and just does that. I don't know. That's an interesting guy. I, I would be shocked if we don't see him pop up on Walker, though. Right. These guys are inseparable. Yeah, they vacation exactly. together. Like they, they live really close to each other. They go to games together. You know, their families are really tight. So I can't imagine him not popping up on the show at right. some point. I mean, that, that would just be crazy. Okay, back to CBS, which, by the way, though, we only kind of correlated that together because if you guys don't know, CBS is part owner of the CW, and exactly. they do provide programming for the CW. So yeah. that's how that's all connected. It's all connected. It's all connected. Okay, Greg Kinnear. Yeah. I like Greg Kinnear. Big fan of Greg Kinnear, all back from his soup days on E! television yeah. and stuff. Um, Big fan. Uh, he has signed on to the new Stephen King adaptation of The Stand. Ooh. This cast is getting crazy bro yeah. greg kinnear alexander skarsgård james marsden amber heard Whoopi goldberg uh. and like a few other ones i mean those are the biggies but i mean this that's an insane cast yeah man. seriously seriously i mean stephen king is apparently turning into berlanti because he's got stuff on hulu as well <laughs> yeah, and like he's, he's like, got stuff on cw it's like, true damn. man i mean he he's definitely seen a resurgence over the last few years yeah. where i mean not that stephen king's books yeah, ever yeah. died down no, or anything never. but i mean just like these adaptations and like i mean the interest yeah. for stephen king is yeah. like is, i mean dude fucking, fye yeah. i know where you were going dude they got the twin dolls y'all at fye if you got an fye by you go check them out scary as fuck i'm not putting them in my office no, no. i'm sure as fuck not putting them in my room anywhere like no because they talk there's those crazy ass twin do- girls from the shining that want to play with us come play with us like fuck you i'm not even buying you i'm gonna buy them and then when it's like late at night but i see the, your phone light on i'm just bro gonna bro <laughs> bro that would be so funny are you trying to kill me man are you trying to kill me make sure the nitro is good to go because right. oh if i woke God. up and saw them things like where you had placed them right and i survived <laughs> i would kill you Place but i don't know if i would survive i don't know anyway the stand Oh Not the God. shining, but the stand. Uh, speaking of though, you know the uh, um, sequel to the shining is yeah. coming out too. Mm-hmm. So Sleep Doctor, so yeah. he really is just killing it. But the stand is going to be on CBS All Access. Yeah. So that's I knew we were talking about CBS. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, the stand. Um, it's those damn twins, bro. They will throw you off, man. Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. Well, I know you want to talk about this next one, with the Billions. Creators. Yes. 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 Showtime. Uh, Brian Koppelman and David Levine are the creators of um, Billions. And yeah. as you guys know, I'm a huge Billions fan. Love the show. I, I keep trying to get Jayla to watch it. And by the way, if you guys were Suits fans, and I know a bunch of you guys are, because you know a lot of you guys reach out for me, or whatever. This is this is where you go now that Suits isn't yeah. on anymore. Billions is a brilliant show. It'll give you all the feels you need from not having suits but and then more because it's a brilliant show Mm -hmm. anyway they are coming with a new show they're going to serve as writers and executive producers on a series about uber yeah i'm not even kidding you it's super pumped the battle for uber it's based on a book from the same title um and it's basically if you guys remember because i think we actually talked about this on the show um the ceo of uber was like 
ousted in a coup. Mm-hmm. Like he was just uh, all the shareholders thought he was basically running the company into the ground that yeah. he founded. Yeah, and he was ousted from his own company. Mm-hmm, hints mm-hmm. of uh, Steve Jobs. Right. Um. You know, and it, it was ugly. It yeah. was really ugly in Uber and this whole battle. But this is what the series is going to be about. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, I trust Koppelman and Levine. I think, like I said, go watch Billions and you'll go, well, this show will be good. Mm-hmm. It'll be at least worth a watch. I don't know if you're an Uber or a Lyft or if you even give a shit about ride-sharing things, but it's guaranteed to be a good drama. Yeah. I, I guarantee because these guys can write some shit, man. Yeah. So congrats yeah. on that. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? You want this next one? Uh, transitioning into some Fox stuff, 21st Century Fox slash Disney, yes. um, has given a strip a script commitment with penalty. Now we've been talking about that a lot that lately. Disney and yeah. Fox that they've got this with penalty in yeah. the pocket now, right? Which is great for creators right. because if they don't deliver, exactly. they get paid anyway. Exactly, <laughs> fucking wild. Uh, to get the two dolls, an hour, one hour long drama from writer Katie Weck, who is from Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. Uh, MCG's Wonderland South and Vision in 21st Century Fox TV, where Wonderland is under a deal. Yep. And the two dolls resolves around or resol- revolves around <laughs> two dolls who dominate the cutthroat world of a high-end Malibu real estate. Oh, interesting. So I'm guessing it's going to be set in L.A. Or it's going to be shot in L.A. Yeah, and, and deal with the whole Malibu Beach uh, mm-hmm. area, I guess. But... um. I like McGee. I mean, he's had some good stuff, mm-hmm. you know, Charlie's Angels and some, you know, he's behind a lot of the big shows, yeah. but two cutthroat pretty girls running a real estate agency trying to go yeah. at it. Just Is this, this going to be interesting to people? Will like, there be high know? drama? Or, will fires take out one of the ones that they own? Right. Oh, my God. I mean, wait, there's look, there's a lot of stuff going on in Malibu. It is some of the richest real estate in the world. Yeah beautiful place we love malibu we go there a lot and and i mean the beaches are beautiful Mm -hmm. but did we need a show about it Mm -hmm. like i'm just just, i know just saying like that's just the type of thing where i'm like i said is anyone gonna be interested in this like it's real estate yeah it's real estate (laughs) so uh we shall see how it goes how cutthroat will it get exactly exactly (laughs) with penalty (laughs) with penalty that's right so it's getting made guys no matter what whether you want to watch it or not getting made or getting paid that's right (laughs) back to uh, um what we talked about at the top of the show with netflix's holiday uh series Mm -hmm. austin abrams busy guy seriously busy guy yeah you guys know first of walking dead but he was also in euphoria Mm -hmm. okay so but NBC is adding him to This Is Us. No, but Yes, and this is the crazy part. This is what I was, like, shocked when I read it. Apparently, he's teenage Kate's boyfriend. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. I wonder how that's going to develop. I, I don't know, because you don't... I mean, we saw a couple weeks ago, spoilers, by the way, yeah, you know, right. where she kissed that kid at the yeah, pool or whatever right. like that. But, I mean, we've always seen from the start of the show that Kate has struggled mm-hmm. with relationships because she's ultimately nobody can live up to her dad right you know to jack or whatever and now we know toby but but i mean for the most part younger years kate right it was just you never right so to just throw wait a minute kate did get some action as a kid what huh so but yeah this is gonna be really interesting to me i mean they have only really introduced one other uh 
like relationship in the teenage years, which is like Sophie with Kevin, because right. they've basically been inseparable exactly. since then. So exactly, it's gonna be really interesting, man. Like, and I wonder if they might introduce something for Randall as well. So, well, I mean, but are well, they kind of sort of are because I mean, they're kind of hinting that Randall met. And got or right away he knew who he was married because remember they did it at that little dance at, yeah. the, at college or what so yeah. I don't know but it's a good point though did he have somebody before that yeah exactly because like I mean high school years yeah they met in college they so. met in college mm. yeah that first the, the go to uh, initiation or what yeah so interesting and you know they just uh, introduced Asante Black yeah which has gone over really well though mm-hmm. he's he's clicking with the fans right away and Jennifer Morrison. Is she or is she not Kevin's baby mama? Right. Like, we don't oh, know. Shit. Yes, I said that. Spoilers. Sorry, Kevin. Kevin got a baby in the future, y'all, but we don't know who the mama is, okay? Right. So I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. But, um, yeah, so this is us, man. Fogelman killing it. Yeah. And I loved their, like, going into this season. It was like, you know, if if you think you know, then you don't know us. Yeah. Or something, you know, which is brilliant play. Yeah. And they keep introducing, every time you think you got all the characters locked down, you know what's going on, bam, no, you don't. Exactly. So brilliant, man. These guys are brilliant. Exactly, exactly. Well, the next one we already kind of talked about. Yep, uh, yep. The Walker coming back, reimagining. Um, What's his face is there? Uh, Chuck, Chuck Norris. Norris. Yeah. And then that's a good question though. Let's spin it back because you know we all love Pat. Will Chuck Norris make an yeah, appearance? Like that'd be wild. Uh, is he the head of the Texas Rangers that that, that Jared's cool. character works for? Yeah. Like, I mean, just make some guest appearance every exactly once in a while. as the as like the main guy or maybe even the governor of Texas. Ooh, that would be bad. You know, yeah. I mean, it maybe Chuck Norris is the governor <laughs> of Texas. <laughs> and so, I mean, I don't know. You know, there was a lot of popular people on Walker mm-hmm. Texas Ranger the original mm-hmm. uh, to make guest appearances. Yep. I mean, you know, so exactly I, I, that'd it's be interesting. Now, I love this idea though. All yeah, of a sudden, exactly. like I'm, I'm Padalecki's not going to say no. No. Who's going to say no to Chuck Norris? He'll kick your ass, exactly. man. I mean, like, I mean, Pat Alecki's a big guy, but it's Chuck fucking Norris. I mean, it's like, Norris. I want to be on the show. Okay. All right. That's fine. That's cool. It's good. It's cool. good. I want to still be Walker. Okay. We're both Walker. It's okay. It's all right. Like, I'm Chuck fucking Norris. That's all. Exactly. The only white guy to actually hang with Bruce Lee. Exactly. I'm just saying. It's yeah. like, mm. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this next one. Oh, more casting and Somebody couldn't hang. Yeah, oh, just saying, just saying. Um, heading over to the Batman, Warner Brothers' new installment of the Batman. Like we said, Jonah Hill is out of talks for that. Yes. So that's very interesting. And plus, they made a casting announcement for Catwoman. Yes, they did. And I'm a really happy about Long had been the rumor that uh, they wanted to go with an African-American Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Well, they are. Yeah. Zoe Kravitz uh, is has been cast. Matt Reeves confirmed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jeffrey Wright is playing Commissioner Gordon. Nice. So we have an African-American Catwoman yeah. and an African-American Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Kind of changing that, it up that's there. That's awesome, too, because when we were talking about Jonah Hill the first time around, he was uh, – Jeffrey Wright was also still in talk. Yep. So his deal went through. Yep. His deal went through. Another deal went through. Now, remember when we were talking about um, – the the yeah jo- Jonah Hill the first time it, it was there was some question as to which villain yeah. he was going to play when they announced that he had dropped out of the film and was no longer in talks they did confirm that he was in talks to play the penguin penguin not the riddler yeah. so 
We needed a Riddler. Yeah. Paul Dano, y'all. Paul yeah. Dano has been cast as the Riddler. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I love Paul Dano, and I like the Riddler. And so far, Matt Reeves' film sounds like it's going to be pretty good. Yeah. But I don't like when they change shit up right. too much. Yeah. Edward Nigma, Enigma. Enigma. Riddle. That's the whole point of the Riddler. <laughs> but this guy is going to be called Edward Nashton. Edward Nashton. E-Nash? What the <laughs> fuck does that even mean? That's not Riddle. That's not E-Nash. <laughs> Why they're changing a name is a riddle. Exactly. That's what I'm just saying. Exactly. But, Dano, look, guys, we've talked about this because I'm old as fuck. J-Lo will tell you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was around for the 92 uh, Batman Returns film, uh, Keaton, Pfeiffer, mm-hmm. and uh, Danny DeVito. This sure sounds an awful lot like it. It really does. It, I man. mean, you've got Penguin. We don't know who's Penguin's going to be yet because yeah. apparently, we did hear though that initially the producers wanted um, Seth Rogen. Mm. Yeah. You know, we also know that Josh Gad has been since I don't know four years ago, right. been trying to get this role. All kidding aside, he's been actively going after trying to seek the role. So maybe now that you know both of the guys have dropped out, yeah, hopefully uh, you know we can give it to Josh Gad. Hopefully. But I'm just saying, I want to go back. It. it you got Batman, you got Catwoman, mm-hmm. you got Penguin. Yeah. Now you're going to have a little bit of a riddle. It sounds awfully familiar to the 92 Batman Returns film. Yeah. So I wonder, like, how, mm, what if we see, like, a cameo from Michael Keaton or somebody like Danny DeVito? Like, uh, somebody. you know, I don't know. I don't know. That would be pretty funny. It would be badass. I do know that it's not going to be exactly the same because it is set as an younger version right. of yeah. like michael keaton's batman had been at it for yeah. a little bit you know by the time we see him but this version is a detective yeah like a young batman and it's that's why they're calling it the batman because yeah. that's more of you know his detective skills yeah. kind of a thing and that's supposedly how the story is going to be set yeah so how they incorporate catwoman and and all these plays into that i don't know yeah but I, I'm liking the way it sounds so far. Yeah, seriously. Loving the cast, seriously. loving everything going on with yeah. it. It's supposed to come out uh, June 25th, 2021. Yeah. So, so be prepared. <laughs> yes. Still got a long way to go, but it is what it is. Now, this next one is very interesting. Mm. James Gunn recently revealed that his deal to direct Suicide Squad happened because Warner Brothers Studio offered him to join the studio uh was open-ended as possible saying that he basically offered they basically offered him whatever he wanted after the disney firing exactly exactly which warner brothers courted him immediately after that fizzled out their relationship with disney um he's also this is really because he's one he's one of only a couple of guys that that have actually directed both dc and marvel movies um so this is going to be really interesting um well, and he's the only guy, if I'm not mistaken, because, you know, you say DC movie, Marvel movies, that could imply. But we're talking MCU and the DCEU, right. the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the DC Extended Universe. Yeah. He's the only guy yeah. to direct a film in the yeah. universes that have been created. That's awesome. So, um, and then, of course, you know, when he signed on with Warner Brothers to do the Suicide Squad, Disney was like, hey, hey, whoa, hey, wait a minute. Signed him back for Guardians <laughs> yeah. 3. Yeah. Um, and I think that played heavily a lot with him coming back to Disney, honestly. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. Totally agree. And he, to Warner Brothers' credit, they allowed him to go back and do Guardians right. 3. Yeah. They said they wouldn't have an issue with that. Yeah. Um, so good for both of them for yeah. playing nice because I think both films are going to be brilliant. Agreed. Um, and I think that needed to happen. Agreed. Now, I did hear, though, that 
Um, he's not even beginning. We've talked about this in the past. Not even beginning on Guardians Three until Suicide Squad is completely yeah. finished and like in theaters. Yeah. So that is it. I bring that up because recently they just said that apparently Disney's trying to get him to do some stuff for Disney Plus, mm. and he, sl- he said no. Yeah. You're not going to see me do anything for Disney Plus, at least not initially, yeah. because I'm busy for the next two years, right. three years, yeah. steady. You know, with finishing up Suicide Squad and then jumping right into the Guardian. Yeah. So he just he not that he didn't want to. He said he just he can't. Yeah. Two or three years nonstop work. Well, I mean, we talked about it in the a couple shows ago. I mean, all the time after he got fired and after he got signed back on at Warner Brothers. Like, what if he takes over the cosmic side for DC? Right. Maybe he has a little bad taste in his mouth I after mean, that. And, like, does a Hal Jordan Green Lantern or something like that, you know? Man. Like, he is he's the cosmic guy for the superhero films right now. He so. is. And, and I, a collaboration between him and J.J. Abrams. Yeah. You know, because there's long been rumored that JJ is going to take over the DCEU. Exactly. Uh, you know, much the Kevin Feige type role yeah. of, of guiding the DCEU the way Feige guides the Marvel Universe. And yeah, if he, if they were to collaborate and Gunn were to take the cosmic side of it, the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. No, and we're not talking that shitty Ryan Reynolds. No, movie. no. And I can say that because Ryan Reynolds thinks it was shitty. Exactly. Like, you know, I'm not dogging Ryan Reynolds. No. I'm just like, um, <laughs> by the way, okay, this, uh, so. To be continued on that story because yeah. we're we're gonna we're gonna find out. But I just wanted to. This is really exciting news, y'all. Okay, in case you didn't hear, myself and Logan, we've been cast in Matrix Four. Right? No, no, yeah, like seriously. like because apparently everybody has. Exactly. <laughs> what are we talking about? Doogie Hauser, guys, Himself. or Barney, or Barney if you're a big How I Met Your Mother fan. Neil Patrick Harris has joined the Matrix. Oh, he is gosh. going to be in Matrix Four. So weird. I, Keanu Reeves and Carrie M. Moss still there. Obviously, they're reprising their roles. Um, and Yaya Abdul Mateen the second. Yeah, he was ca- recently announced for the cast from Aquaman. You guys know who he is from right, Aquaman. Yeah. Um, although details on who he is ha- haven't been revealed yet. Yeah. We're also hearing that Jada Pinkett Smith mm. is in negotiations to reprise her role as Niobe. I can see. You that. guys remember she was in all three of the previous movies in that role. Yeah. Um, but the deal's not done yet. Yeah. They're trying to. They're trying to work that. <sighs> out but we're not done uh jessica henwick you guys know her from uh iron fist uh i mean so i loved her by the way as colleen and iron yeah. fist uh and i think she's gonna be brilliant she is apparently in talks for a lead role in the matrix as a neo mm, figure really the rumor is is that they're trying to cast a female version of neo like that's now kind of running and guiding things yeah. um and the rumor is that's the role she's she's going maybe, for maybe this is like a passing of the torch film yeah i mean that would make sense yeah. and uh, apparently uh, from what i'm reading henwick was said to have just blown away the Wachowskis awesome. uh, during the audition yeah. and that's why they they want her so negotiations underway right um this is exciting though because you know a lot of people like the matrix and do you need another matrix movie you bring up a good point probably not unless it's a passing of the torch are they ending the franchise because that would be good if that's what they're doing and kind of like moving it on so exactly exactly but neil patrick harris i feel like that might be a little too cheesy in my opinion i don't i mean i've never personally seen him in a serious role so I don't know. Or especially like an action role. 
<laughs> so you know, I mean, I don't, mm. I don't know. Mm. I do not know. Mm. I mean, we can always refer to our fantastic IMDb Pro app to see what he has, if he has been in any. I mean, I mean, I feel type. like he has, but I mean, he's just, pardon the pun, legend. Wait for it, Derry yeah. in comedy. Yeah. I mean, he's iconic for Barney and Doogie. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, if he has done, it's un- it's understandable that nobody would know he has. Yeah. Um, um Starship Troopers. Um, no, that was kind of a uh, an action flick. Yeah. And that looks about it. I mean, you know, American <laughs> Pie. He was in the reunion yeah, one. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, man, I'm just I'm worried about that casting decision just because, like I said, he's such a comedy guy. He so, is. We'll know. see. I mean, we're gonna find out. Yeah. Speaking of comedy, though, nice uh, transition yeah. there. You guys know him. You love him. It's Hollywood's favorite comedy married couple, uh, Ben Falcone and Melissa McCarthy. You know, they 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 work on everything together he writes it she stars in it that's basically the way it goes well they've got another one coming you guys knew about it we've been talking about this on uh past shows also super intelligence yes well guess what it's not going to the theaters anymore Mm. it was supposed to come out december 20th um no not gonna do it it has exited the spot but not for the reasons you might think not because the that warner brothers is pulling it not because they don't have confidence in it not for any of the reasons you normally hear when you a film drops off the slate right uh, for release the reason is actually because it's going to be the first film to drop on hbo max oh okay i mean if you have a theatrical release that you think would do good on a streaming service, why not? Absolutely. You I mean, know? they need original content. Exactly. So this would be HBO Max's first original yeah. film. That's always, It's always interesting to me because, like, if they had that deal all worked out for theatrical release, like, for payment options, like, mm-hmm. afterwards, I wonder how that changes Right. Well, and that's a great point because remember Netflix had ran into that problem with The Rock and Ryan Reynolds. They had to factor in their back end points because they don't give back end points. So they had to kind of use some magic math to figure out what the back end points would have been and put that into their salary. So that's an excellent point, J-Lo. Will this same type thing be done to Melissa McCarthy? Mm -hmm. Will she factor in back end points that now that HBO is going to tricky math uh, Mm. and then come up with it? I don't know. Exactly. Great, great point. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Mm, this, this next, next one, one. <laughs> well deserved, long deserved, about damn time. Yeah, <laughs> and and throws a kink into what we were talking about. Maybe our prediction with uh, Lucas Films. Yeah. But I think this is the right move, guys. The legendary. Yes. It's so funny bringing up legendary Kevin Feige. Yes. He has been promoted to chief creative officer over. All of Marvel. That's right. All of Marvel, including TV, comic, publishing, and film. So now, not just the films. Yeah, exactly. Not just the MCU. Now, all of it. All of it. <laughs> Literally. All of it. It means basically he's the top guy in the uh, at the chain of command. Yeah. Uh, right next to the CEO Ike Perlmutter. But note that oh, he said top guy, even though there is one guy above him, Ike Perlmutter. Mm, yeah. But I think he's more like a chair, like a figurehead. Uh, yeah, like, a figurehead, chairman emeritus, if yeah. you will, or what. 
look, there's it's no secret he doesn't really get along with Iger. Yeah. Iger doesn't really get along with him. I mean, if you read Iger's new book, you'd know that the only reason the whole deal even came together for Marvel is because Steve Jobs kind of wooed over exactly. Ike Perlmutter. So I think this is the beginning of the end for him. Yeah. I think that uh, Iger and Feige have a really solid relationship. And, uh, you know, we heard the news last week that, that he was going to be producing a um, – Star Wars film. Yeah. Working on his own Star Wars film. And that led to speculation because not long after that, we heard that Kathleen Kennedy's contract is up mm-hmm. and that they're not so happy with her and the, and the mediocre, if you will, success of the, the latest Star Wars movies. So that, of course, started all the rumors. Is Feige being brought on right. to fix Star Wars? Man. Well, I think this is a move that answers the question. I think that they're eventually going to find somebody. I do still think Kathleen Kennedy is going to leave Lucasfilm. Yeah. But I think some, somebody will replace her. Now we have a whole new rumor that we're throwing out there. Right. We'll talk about that in a second. I know JLo's excited about it because um, we have a pretty good theory. But I think this move just clearly defines that, no, Feige is Marvel exactly. and all things Marvel. Um I brought up because we're all about starting rumors. And you, have you ever noticed, though, that whenever we start a rumor, we tend to be right? Right, exactly. I'm just saying, 99.999% of the time, our rumors are right. Hell yeah. That's why you should follow us. I'm going out on a limb. I'm going to say it right now. I think this move was made by Iger with Feige because Feige, unlike Iger, I think has a decent relationship with Netflix yeah. or could have yeah. a decent relationship with Netflix where Iger, no. Yeah. Just not, not going to happen. Not a thing. And we all know they want the, – if you guys have listened to the show and you're Marvel fans and you know this, the Marvel shows, which currently were under Jeff Loeb, by the way, now under Feige. Yep. That's right. Jeff is reporting to Feige now. Exactly. He's not leaving Marvel television, but he is reporting to Feige now. Yeah. Um, the, the Netflix shows, the Netflix Marvel shows, mm-hmm. if you guys know, when they were canceled by Netflix, because they hate Disney, uh, Iger, um, th- there was a stipulation in those contracts yeah. that you couldn't see those characters again until two years after the date of the cancellation. Exactly. I think this move was made so that Feige could smooth that out and get Daredevil and all of Punisher and Agreed. all the Netflix shows into the MCU where they belong. Exactly. Um, and and to smooth things over. I exactly. think that's going to happen because long has been the talk of a Daredevil Spider-Man crossover. Yes. And remember they keep saying that Spidey's one more film after the third in the trilogy. I'm guessing it's going to be a crossover. Yeah, exactly. And I think they're working hard to try to make that crossover happen. Yeah. Um Vincent D'Onofrio has long said he wants to play the Kingpin 2 Tom Holland Spider-Man. Hell yeah. Daredevil is always a part of that storyline. Punisher is a part of that storyline. But none of that can happen unless that relationship is fixed. I think Feige can do that. Um, And plus, I think Feige is going to run Marvel. I think he's going to – and fuck it. I'm just going to keep throwing rumors (laughs) out there. I think he takes over Marvel. He runs Marvel for a couple of years. We've already seen what he can do as a producer. Now let's see what he can do as an executive. I mean, okay, president of Marvel Studios, but technically – Producer. He's yeah, been producing exactly. all the films. But as head of Marvel now, you know, are they grooming him right. for Iger? I mean – Are they grooming him as the successor for yeah, Iger? Yeah. Because be I know a lot of names have been rumored to take over. Iger's leaving soon. I think Feige would be fucking brilliant running the Mouse House. That would be crazy. I mean you just made him chief 
creative yeah. officer because the guy is a creative, exactly. but he's also a brilliant businessman. Exactly. And and I think Eisner and Iger have proven in order to run the mouse house, you have to be both. Definitely. You have to understand both. Feige's that guy. Yeah. Feige's that guy. So is this a move to groom him for – that's all I'm saying. Yeah. And okay, so you throw out the rumor. So if Feige's not going to replace Kathleen Kennedy – I still think he's going to be involved in fixing Star oh, yeah. Wars. Oh, yeah. But if he's not going to replace Kathleen Kennedy, we have a rumor. Well, especially if um, he is coming in for that uh, Star Wars film. Right, the Fucking Mandalorian. These yeah. two guys work so well together. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. John Favreau. Yes. That would be freaking Favreau. epic. <laughs> oh, my God. Favreau would be, you know, everybody credits the MCU, you know, to to Kevin Feige, and rightfully so. Yeah, I definitely. mean, rightfully so. He He's the guy that signs off on the decisions. But let's remember, Feige and Iger and a lot of the Disney guys, they wanted Tom Cruise, y'all. Exactly. Tom Cruise. Okay, let's remember what film launched it all. Iron Man. <laughs> Tom Cruise is 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 Tony Stark. No, the MCU never happens. No. Iron Man bombs and it never happens. You know why that didn't happen? And we got Robert Downey Jr. Favreau. Exactly. So the MCU is Favreau, y'all, exactly. for his insistence upon threatening to walk away, fight to get Robert Downey Jr. Exactly. Now if he brings that to Star Wars. Hey, because he's a huge Star Wars fan. Exactly. And he has a good relationship with George Lucas. Exactly. He still hangs out at the ranch and cooks and shit. Exactly. Watch his latest uh, episodes of The Chef Show. You'll see that he's at the ranch cooking. Exactly. Um, so who do better to mend exactly. that relationship? Feige men's Netflix. Yeah. Favreau men's Lucas. <laughs> all is good in the mouse house. Exactly. I'm just saying. Let's put all that out there. Bob, if you're listening, call me. Bro, well, we're, be... We got this all figured out for you, bro. <laughs> exactly. We got this all figured out Those for you. Those would be some massive figureheads that would fucking just explode, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Ooh, boy. Oh, my gosh. Now that we've like started every rumor possible know, uh, right? at Marvel, let's get back to it. Kevin Feige, in case you missed all that, yeah. chief creative officer now over all of Marvel, the mm -hmm. main guy. Mm -hmm. um, Dan Buckley, we should just finish off here. Dan Buckley continues as the president of Marvel Entertainment, but now reports to Feige. Yep. <laughs> um, not per Miller. Um, and uh, when it comes to creative and editorial issues. Yeah. And like I said, Marvel's head of TV, Jeff Loeb, no longer reports to Dan Buckley. He now also reports to Kevin Feige. <laughs> Just say, pretty soon Ike is going to be reporting to exactly. Kevin Feige if he wants to stay. That's exactly. all I'm saying. So anyway, great. I'm super excited about this. I think the guy is brilliant. I think he deserves it. It's going to be brilliant. Yeah. Agreed. And speaking of more Marvel news that's mm -hmm. brilliant, Captain Marvel star Brie Larson. You guys have seen this everywhere. If you're on social media, you've seen. She generated some buzz when she said that her and her other female co-stars have been a approached or have been approaching kevin feige yep. about getting the ball rolling on an all-female film yes guys you remember epic. the epic scene in endgame where it's all the women coming together for that climactic battle scene well ever since then that's when it started the rumors have been flying oh, everybody yeah. wants it and now it's also been confirmed that scarlett johansson is actively pushing on her own for it as well with her black uh, widow even after her black widow demise yeah so clearly i don't know if if it would be a prequel sequel they're right. all female but everybody wants it um 
And Feige expressed interest in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's yet to confirm or deny. That's the biggie. Everybody always writes in their headlines, he's yet to confirm it. But guys, he's also yet to deny it, Uh that it's in the works. And with with diversity, with the success of all the female characters, put it this way, Captain Marvel is a huge success. If Black Widow comes out and knocks it out like we all know it will, that's going to cement the fact that they're going to do an all-female movie. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Seriously. And Feige will rule all. And Feige will oversee <laughs> all the land right. that the sun touches. Feige's <laughs> going to be given the keys to the kingdom. I'm right. calling it. I'm like, just I'm calling it. That, but it would be such big shoes to fill for someone to at Marvel. It would be. You know, like someone who would actually know their shit like Feige. So I – that's Ooh. See, that's the point. We yeah. didn't even talk about that because uh, we could literally make a whole show about this. But that's a that. point. You and I have talked about this. It's a brilliant move for Disney if they make that move with Feige. But who replaces Feige at Marvel? Exactly. Cause, I mm. mean especially if Favreau was at uh, uh, Star Wars. Yeah. So, so. I mm. – I don't know. That's I a know. tough one. I know. It's a it's tough one. So fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, uh, okay. Now we're jumping because we can't talk about you know all these others without talking about their competitors. Of course. Paramount. Yeah. Kelvin Harrison Jr. has been added to the cast of Aaron Sorkin's long-in-the-making drama, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Mm. This is another impressive cast, man. Yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Eddie Raidman, Sasha Baron Cohen, Franklin Jella, Mark Rylance, and there he is again, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. Yeah. Uh, he's just getting everywhere, isn't he? He is. Um, this is an interesting one, though. This is based on the infamous 1969 trial of seven defendants charged by the federal government with conspiracy and a more arising from countercultural protests at the National Democratic Convention in 1968. Yeah. I, I mean, love it. Yeah. Sorkin, come on, guys. I know. West Happy. Wing, yeah. the newsroom, the social network. The guy is fucking brilliant. He is. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you can't handle all the yeah, truth a few exactly. good men. the guy is br- american president i could just go on and on and on i'm exactly. a huge sorkin so you know it's going to be fucking exactly. good and when he's got a cast like that mm-hmm. it's going to be brilliant exactly well done paramount agree well and is he going to direct it because mm. remember he that made his badass. directing debut uh just recently and so i think that's where he's going yeah. now so write and direct oh, i mean that would be bad uh, yeah. i love uh bringing awareness to past events that happen i do too especially for like protests or something like this just because like you don't always hear about that stuff in textbooks growing up in history class so. you don't and what do they always say you know if you don't know history you're bound to repeat history right. so these are important things that need to get out there and you know he's got a voice and it and a mighty pen so yeah. it's going to be really good to see him do it hell yeah hell yeah well you know who has a foul mouth voice the one and only ryan reynolds <laughs> he has teamed up with the brilliant young writer and director and actor john krasinski who's quiet yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's working on that second yeah. one. He comes from a quiet place yes. where Ryan Reynolds will disrupt all. Exactly. <gasps> Ryan Reynolds will be like, fuck you, monster. <laughs> like, uh, they're in talks about this fantasy comedy, Imaginary Friends. Krasinski will write and direct and produce while Ryan Reynolds will star alongside uh, John Krasinski. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is a crazy story, okay? It's about a man who can see and talk to people's imaginary friends, Mm. and trouble starts uh, from the imaginary friends who lack friendship and turn to the dark side. 
I'm guessing the dark side is going to be Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> right. Uh, Krasinski's got to be the nice yeah, imaginary friend. Come on. Yeah. But the, the Merc with the mouth, that's got to be the dark side. You know it is. Anyway, Krasinski and Reynolds are going to be brilliant yeah. together. We, I mean, now Krasinski's proven he's a hell of a writer, exactly. hell of a director. I mean, kudos with The Quiet Place. And uh, to see him team up and do that it's going to be brilliant and yeah a lot of people forget i mean you know he comes from comedy exactly i know the quiet place was not at all funny exactly but he's a comedian exactly. guys and him and ryan reynolds man that's gonna be some funny shit yeah i cannot wait mm. i cannot wait now this next one sony oh man venom 2 which hit pre-production yesterday yes finally in pre-production yes. getting ready for that bad boy yep um is adding an additional villain alongside carnage for the next film a uh, Marvel Comics character called Shriek. Yep, Shriek. Yep. Shriek uh, has been incorporated into the plot. She is Carnage's lady friend, right? Yeah, yeah. She's a sonic-powered badass. Um, she's his romantic interest, um, and she's a drug dealer. Mm. So, of course, it makes sense that a serial killer would date a drug dealer. Of course. Of course. But um, she's been in, she was introduced in the comics, and they've basically been inseparable ever since. Yeah. Um, which, and I like the character. I mean, I think she's a really interesting character character and i like the dynamic between the two characters in the comics yeah. my thing is though is that carnage is such an iconic bad guy mm -hmm. to venom i i would have and he was established obviously long before they added shriek into the comic book right. storylines i would have thought for sure that you would want to establish carnage First, yeah. on his own before you team him up with his his lady lover right. there um so i was shocked by this but i mean it, it's a smart. I mean, the character is interesting, so yeah. I don't think it'll be bad. I just I was shocked by the move. I thought for sure they would just do Carnage yeah. separate. Yeah. Um. Because I mean, like you said, they're going to be maybe. I mean, we don't know yet, but maybe they might be introduced as like a dynamic duo, and then like he was such a huge standalone villain in the comics for so long before she was brought in. Exactly. So it might be kind of misconstruing to the average moviegoer i'm really curious to see what they're gonna do with this what andy circus does with this mm -hmm. directing because okay i it makes sense in the first venom movie they they clearly went the path of trying to establish venom right as an anti-hero right you know kind of got a bad side to him mm -hmm. not the nicest guy yeah. but but also not the bad guy exactly. if you will kind of that anti-hero type yeah. you know they clearly set that up and it makes sense that if he takes on carnage and shriek who are you know serial killer and drug dealer right. you're still making venom who's mm -hmm. a bad guy but the hero of the film exactly yet it's all working up because they confirmed this the other day too the the people behind venom the original film and currently working on the on the trilogy stuff um confirm that yes the battle between Venom and Tom Holland Spider-Man was the ultimate goal from the get-go, mm -hmm. and it is going to happen now that they've cleared the way to make that happen. Yeah. So if you're doing all this to establish him as an anti-hero, how do you bring that into where he's the bad right. guy in a Spider-Man yeah. battle? Like, so I don't know why I, take all the time to establish him as a somewhat right. you know hero if you're only going to make him the ultimate baddie with Spider-Man. Well, I, what I'm worried about is if they go completely Batman versus Superman, where they're fighting and then they one of them says like they have the same mother's name or something stupid oh, like that. Yeah, yeah, you and know, then they're like, oh, we're friends now. Let's fight. Carnage. You know, too, like, and you bring up a really good point that we were talking about off off air off the show um 
because we were in a comic book shop because we're yeah, geeks and that's you know. what we do. And if you're in a comic book shop, you talk comic books. And so J-Lo, not you know, a huge comic book geek like I am, but he's getting there. I'm working on it. I'm yeah, working on it. You know, you know. Anyway, I showed him the cover because they had the, they happened to have it up of uh, an issue of Secret Wars yeah. of the introduction of the black suit, mm-hmm. which we all know was the symbiote. Yeah. But we find out it's the symbiote that eventually becomes Venom. Well, that's the way it happened in the comic books. But clearly, we've introduced Venom before Spider-Man gets right. a black suit. So you just what you said about oh, like a Batman versus Superman moment. Are we gonna get some cheesy ass where right. he's like, why don't you take the symbiote man and use it as your costume, and we'll just you be a good guy in it? Right. You know, exactly. is that, I mean, are they gonna do a whole reverse thing where Venom gives him the symbiote and becomes the good guy instead of the symbiote coming off of Spidey and becoming the bad guy with Venom, like? we know secret wars is coming yeah i'm I'm still that's a rumor we threw out a long time ago but i'm convinced with all the 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 easter eggs and stuff that so are they building back to where the symbiote came from or maybe just thinking about it since tom holland spider-man is on the run maybe he goes out to san francisco i think he was that's where eddie brock right um, right goes out to san francisco on the run and maybe they connect in some way and like uh, the symbiote uh, takes over Tom Holland, and then that's how he's hiding. I, I don't know. Maybe I mean, yeah, maybe, you, know, you know, a, a Spider Man in a black suit. Could he pull off that he's a different person? Yeah, no, exactly. no, it's not Peter Parker under this suit. It's oh, yeah. a different Spider Man. Yeah. Um, and can you stick with the anti-hero? Right. Maybe Venom's trying to hunt down Spider Man because he's wanted, and he's yeah. trying to do the right thing by bringing Spider Man mm-hmm. in. Yeah. So maybe yeah. he is the know. anti-hero. Maybe that's what they're working up for. Exactly. <sighs> I don't know. So confusing. So many theories, man. But I trust Andy Serkis. Yep. With Venom Two. Yep. And I think Venom Three, which we all know is going to be the big showdown, mm-hmm. is going to be brilliant. Agreed. So. Agreed. And I wonder if uh, one and only Kevin Feige will also. Um, a whisper in Andy Serkis's ear, like he did the first director. I bet he does. Yeah, I bet he does. Yeah, I mean, at least be a consultant. Well, part of that new deal, he was getting a producer credit exactly. on it. So I mean, we'll we'll see. Oh yeah, <sighs> iHeartMedia. I know, man. We're on our iHeartMedia, by the way, yes, guys. We are. are you listening to us right now on iHeartMedia? Right? If so, kudos. Yeah, I know. Appreciate kudos. it. Appreciate <laughs> it. Well, Will Ferrell has formed Big Money Players Network, a podcast company focused on comedy shows. In this partnership with the radio and podcast giant iHeartMedia, the new venture plans to produce and launch 10 podcasts over the next 24 months. Damn, that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, Starting to roll out in 2020. Now, this deal comes after he announced uh, and has started doing his Ron Burgundy podcast. Exactly. So he must really like it there. He must have made his own little niche home there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it's going to be fantastic, you know. yeah, and the, here, the numbers uh, for Anchorman, um, the Ron Burgundy podcast, the show debuted earlier this year, mm-hmm. consistently ranks in the top 100 podcasts. Makes sense, man. So it makes sense that they would do that. And I bet Will Ferrell was feeling pretty good. He's a talented guy. He mm-hmm. signs a deal. He's like, oh, yeah, I can do all this kind of stuff until somebody else like comes in and says, wait a minute, exactly. hold on. 
Shonda Rhimes. Yep, Shonda Rhimes, the juggernaut. I'm going to let you take this because you know Grace. Yeah, I love it. I love Grace. All <laughs> caught up now. Super Damn proud. it, Shonda. How many? I can't say I how many times I've heard you say that. So though. many fucking times. But she is also <laughs> partnering with iHeartMedia to launch Shondaland Audio. Yes. Rhimes is set to executive produce a new slate of iHeartRadio originals on Shondaland Audio, which will be distributed through iHeart podcast network the agreement includes full slate of iHeartRadio original podcasts set to release over the next three years rhymes will oversee development and shandy sandy bailey chief digital and design officer officer will manage day-to-day operations yeah she is rocking and rolling dude she's everywhere yeah. she's got deals everywhere yeah she's killing it and rightfully so i mean mm-hmm. talented as shit can between her and will ferrell i mean the next three years are going to be just slam packed with podcasts that I, I mean i can't wait to see I know, right? these are some creative people that are going to be putting together some creative shit mm-hmm. I, I mean it's going to be it's going to be fun mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's going to be fun this, this next one yeah it's interesting yeah i don't i don't know how i feel about it i don't know either but uh it's definitely a move to compete, oh, yeah. obviously, with stay, the streamers. Stay relevant, yeah. basically. Everything's – see, the theaters don't want to admit it, but they are involved in the streaming wars. Yeah. They are affected by the streaming wars. And this move, absolutely, like you said, is is a move to try to stay relevant. AMC Entertainment, which is AMC Theaters, is introducing an on-demand video service, (laughs) streaming service. AMC Theaters On Demand will offer about 2,000 films for sale or rent after their theatrical runs, um, like Amazon and iTunes. So Disney, Warner Brothers, Universal, Sony, and Paramount have all made deals with AMC to provide their movies for this streaming service, for for this platform. Um... Pricing between three and six bucks to rent, nine and twenty bucks to buy. So it's standard with like Amazon yeah. and, and iTunes and yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, this is just I think another uh, attempt to say, hey, theaters still they, we still do stuff, hey, you know? Yeah, this is interesting too because what if it they take it a step further and start creating their own original content to where Disney, Paramount, Warner Brothers they start just having their own theaters and if you want to go see a warner brothers picture then you're going to go to a warner brothers theater or like same with disney like disney has their if they had their own theater chain like I mean, just shit like that what if it got so intense that that's what we came to I, I, you never know which direction it's going to go in right i mean honestly but i i mean i think it makes sense on amc's part in this sense theaters while they keep breaking records okay money records Prices are going up and people buying tickets is going down. Mm -hmm. The only reason they keep breaking the revenue records is because they keep increasing the price of the ticket. But attendance is going down. And that trend of you're only going to be able to keep raising ticket prices so long to counter it before that stops working. Then you're going to see that drastic fall in profits because less people are going to see the movies. I think this is a move to how can we generate revenue but still doing it with the movies that we show at the theaters. Right. Well, this is it. Right. I mean, so I don't know. It's in, One way or another, we're either going to see some sort of control by the studios of theaters mm-hmm. like you just referenced or the demise of theaters altogether right. with streaming taking over. One way or another, something like that's going to happen Yeah. because it's just that's the move it seems to be making and I don't know. I know. It's fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. Well, ooh, the end up industry news with this last story. Oh, goodness. Cuba Gooding Jr., you already know how that one woman – 
accused him of that sexual misconduct in the club where the videotape came out. Well, three more women have come forward to the police to accuse Gooding Jr. of sexual misconduct. Mm. The claims have made by unidentified women and they are being investigated that no new charges have against Gooding have been filed yet. Right, they're being investigated. And then after this story broke, more women came. Now it's up to some ridiculous number like 14 something women oh, wow. over over a period of, you know, uh, several years and in all these different restaurants or whatever. But uh, again, we want to stress while there was an additional charge added to that initial charge that he was charged with about the groping woman, all of these new allegations, like J-Lo said, no new charges being investigated, but yeah. as of right now, no new charges filed. Yeah. And they won't release what the new child charge that was actually filed is. Yeah. They're keeping it under wraps Interesting. So uh, due to a gag order. So we won't know what that is involving. But what we do know is that all of these recent allegations, while being investigated, he has not been charged with them. Yeah. So there you go we'll be keeping an eye on that yeah it's a very fluid situation we will (laughs) keep an eye on that one now it is time for our guest of the week on episode 88 we got the one and only kayla adams coming on the show man she is such a talented creator actress just so many things we could definitely see her getting in the director chair oh yeah one day and we we for sure ask her about it like we said she had the opportunity to work with brad pitt ryan reynolds and so many more oh yeah like such a phenomenal talent like we said so here is her interview kayla adams welcome inside the crazy ant farm hi thanks for having me oh you're welcome how you doing today I'm doing wonderful, thank you. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us on the show. We really appreciate it. And congratulations on Ad Astra. Thank you. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good one. We both saw it, so I mean, we're excited about it. Um, and look, we couldn't be more happy to have you on. Your story is a fun one, doing the research uh, on you. We have a lot of listeners trying to break into the industry and a lot of people that are trying to follow that dream, and we think your story is an inspiring one. It's always fun to have people like yourself on. Oh, awesome. Thank you. I'm so glad it can be of help to anyone. So that's great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's jump right in. What we like to do first to start off is just tell you, uh, tell everybody how you got involved in the industry. Was it something that you always wanted to do? You knew right away you wanted to act or did you kind of fall into it or how'd you get started? Yeah, it's kind of an interesting story. So I feel like most people have like a history of, oh, I did this play when I was in, you know, high school or some sort of like theatrical background or like an artist that really inspired them. Um, and I, I, I don't know why, but when I was like five or six years old, uh, I would journal about being an actress. So I was, yeah, it was in my bones. Like as a child, (laughs) I didn't even know what it was at that point. I just knew two things. I wanted to live near the sun and be an actress. That's all I knew. <laughs> I grew up in like a small town. Like it's it's similar to Seattle. So like very gray. It's like a small town in Vancouver. Same coast. Very rainy and like gray. So all I knew was like sunshine and acting. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, at first I was thinking, what, astronaut? She wants to be right. by the sun. Like, okay, but I get it now. Rainy and gray. Yeah. That makes total sense. You want to no, be by the sun. I just needed the light. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, so uh, yeah, I just knew from like a very young age that that was a thing. That's what I wanted to do. 
Awesome. And so you do what so many, I think Spielberg says it best, you know, if you want to be a filmmaker, you want to be in the industry, pick up a camera and do stuff. I, I read, I think, while we were doing the research that you and your friends would get the old 8mm, right, and just shoot some yeah. stuff? We were crazy about it. We would go every single day after school and on weekends to the point of, like, our family getting annoyed because we would <laughs> force them to watch these crazy videos that we would come up with. Um, and we did that for years until... We were in high school and we got our driver's license. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> That's yeah. great. That's great. Any of these uh, so-called films anywhere out that we could see those? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They exist. Oh. So one, one day they might resurface. And it's it's ridiculous. I play like a boy. I play a girl. I play everything. Like we were a, a two-man show. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's very great. Shakespearean. Very Shakespearean. Right. <laughs> you, never, you, you just don't know. You may, Now you start a YouTube channel. You put that stuff up. Exactly. Boom, you never oh know. God. It could be huge, right? Oh, man. That is embarrassing <laughs> right there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. So how does, okay, yeah. so how does the transitioning from the Shakespearean uh, videos to our films turn into where you're at now did you actually go to film school or did you just how'd you make the transition yeah so I mean I, I and I don't know if other people can resonate with this but I had a moment when I grew up and society tells you oh being an artist is not a real thing mm -hmm. oh yeah you can't make a career out of it so uh, I listened to that and I went with the collective thinking and I went to university um, for general studies and took sociology and all these different things because I had no idea what I actually wanted to do, like mm -hmm. trying to resist my real drive for wanting to be an artist. Right. And of course that didn't work out because my heart wasn't in it. And I took some time off and I, I went traveling and kind of built my own confidence being on my own. And then I came back when I was, uh, 19, 20. Mm -hmm. And that's when I went to film school. I was like, you know what, this is what I really want to do. And I decided to listen to my heart, listen to my gut, and um, and then I went to Vancouver Film School. That's fantastic. That's inspiring in itself because a lot of people, you know, listen to that. You can't do it. It's never going to happen. It's a hobby, not right. a career. And they just stick yeah. with that and settle and then never go at it. So it's always nice to hear somebody say, you know what? This is my passion. I got to chase it and I'm going to try to do it. Always good to hear. Right. Right. And I think like... It happens in so many different parts in our life where, like, our body will tell us. Like, I was not, like, physically, I could feel myself fighting the path that I was taking. It didn't mm -hmm. feel right. And you're right. Like, a lot of us, like, we listen to that, but we keep going. We just keep pushing through it and just ignore it. And then, you know, 10 years later, it's that. I wonder if I did or what would have happened, and I don't right. want to live my life that way. No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely mm -hmm. not. And I love that you bring up the physical and the mental because, I mean, I don't think enough people realize it's so connected. It, it yeah, really course. is connected. I mean, if you're unhappy mentally, you, it does take a toll physically, and, and you can absolutely. absolutely feel it. I love that you brought that up. So, okay, yeah. so film school, uh, when did you make the move to L.A.? Um, I moved to L.A. when I was about 24, so about four years into my journey of being an artist. I was like, eh, we're going to go. But that's an interesting story there, too, because it was actually not for acting. It was for production. Awesome. So kind of similar to what you were saying in the beginning about, like, pick up a camera and do stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. There was an opportunity where I could work in the States and learn things from the back end with a large studio. It was mm -hmm. uh, Universal. 
and it was a hard decision. I didn't really want, like, it was hard to put down your artistry. Right. However, the opportunity was huge, um, and learning from behind the camera mm-hmm. was something that no film school can teach you. Just being on a set of right. that magnitude was life-changing. So that's what got me into L.A., or into the States, I should say, because we were in Louisiana. Yep, there you go. Yeah. Okay, we're familiar with Louisiana. Definitely. Yes. Yep. Love it, love it. Hollywood South, definitely. And we see that <laughs> we see that some of your production assistants had like some amazing huge places or amazing huge um, movies like Deadpool, Tomorrowland, and Oblivion. Talk about those a yeah. little bit. Yeah, yeah. So Oblivion was my first job um, ever with SAG because it's a different union in Canada. Right. So when I came down, it was my first um, union job in a huge, like hundred and what fifty million dollar movie. So it was intimidating, to say the least. I was like, wow, this is, okay, this is a lot going on. Um, but it's important for me because I, I, I do my own stuff now. I produce my own projects. Mm-hmm. It was so important at the time, like not realizing where I would be now, but back then I was absorbing everything. So I would watch Absolutely. the director, I'd watch the DP, I would watch the producers, the grips, the lighting, everything, just like a sponge soaking mm-hmm. it all in. Because you never know where you will be, you know, a year or two years down the line, right. when that could be a value. Absolutely, that that's a that's an excellent point. You know, you hear it all the time. Get on a set. Get on a set. Get on a set. But I think for especially for what you just said, because you're doing your own stuff now. I mean, I think if the eventual, if you're going to produce or you're going to direct your own stuff, you have to, you, you by no means have to be a master at everything, but you've got to have a little bit of knowledge of everything on a set. If you're going to be responsible for hiring these people and, and, and directing these people. So it's awesome that you, that you bring that up and it is, it's invaluable experience that you just can't not to knock film school or anything, but you're right. It is invaluable experience that you just can not get if you're not on a set yeah i absolutely agree it's just it's just it's just different like having the film school knowledge whether you know you take a course or a full degree or whatever your you know your 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 education is going to be but having that in you and then seeing it in real time right and how it's similar and how it's different and how you have to manage personalities and, mm-hmm. and it's just constant problem solving so being able to like think on your toes and keep like every, every single yes. department is solving a problem every minute of the shooting day mm-hmm. <laughs> so true. you know so it's like learning how don't take it personally just like okay they need this what can we do to make that happen right so yeah it's it's it's, it's something that you just you're right you have to be on set to learn yeah yeah definitely <laughs> they don't teach personality in the books yeah seriously <laughs> that is true and on the flip side of being an actress it just well, it made me more comfortable. So when I do go onto a set, just being an actor, um, I'm not like, oh, these lights and these wires and this and, and there's a million people. Like I think sometimes when you know artists have their first experience on set, you don't realize that you might have a hundred crew member right. walking around doing this. There's twenty people staring at you. Like how do you create that fourth wall and block it out? Mm-hmm. So just knowing that was there, and even when I hear the DP switching lenses, I'm like, oh, I know I'm super tight here. Right. So, it, yeah, it, it was just an immense value for me to do that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially, it like, helps your acting game a little bit. Like you said, if you're yeah. super tight, you want to play it so emotional with the face. Like, yeah, that's just excellent to know a little bit behind the scenes on what goes on. It gives you kind of a little bit more of an advantage, honestly. 
Yeah, I think so. And like, and if it helps your confidence too, then they feel that in the room when you're reading for them, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't feel like they want to be able to trust you on set when you're booked for a job and know that you feel confident, but you can hold your own. Exactly. Whomever you're with and, and the space you're in. Yeah, that, that's a good way to look at it because I, I think you're right. I, I think some people walk onto a set, especially if they're there as an extra or maybe they've got a line or two. And, yeah, I would imagine it can be extremely overwhelming uh, and scary to some people who walk on and don't realize what they're getting into. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Confidence. And, you know, with experience, you get more comfortable. And it's not to say that someone who's never been on set and shows up for the first day is going to crumble. Like, <laughs> I'm sure they're just going to run away and cheer. But, like, you know, I, everyone has their own way of dealing with things, and this was this was helpful for me. Right, right. Well, I, we would hope not anyway. Otherwise, it's definitely time for a different career exactly. path, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, and hey, hey, maybe that does happen to someone. Who knows? I mean, you Honestly. never know. <laughs> So that's good stuff. So, uh, okay, well, you brought up you're a filmmaker and everything, so I've got one just goofy question because I like to always ask it because I'm old school. You're an 8mm girl. Do you like film or do you like video? Which do you prefer? Oh, two sides of the spectrum. Right. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many arguments on both sides. Like, I mean, film just looks beautiful. Yes, it does. And there's something about being classic with that and having film so you don't have the luxury of doing a million takes and Mm -hmm. getting it the way you absolutely need it to be right that being said with digital you can do a million takes and get it to it to be so it's kind of like it's like that double-edged sword you know i think it just depends on sometimes the project too i mean like you look at the film like Dunkirk with Hoyta, who's one of my favorite DPs. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and that was film. And same with Ad Astra. Ad Astra's film. So I think it just depends on the director's vision, the DP's vision of what they want. But I could go either way. I mean, there's just so many good cameras now. Like the Sony Venice yeah. is incredible. It's so nice. So if someone offered that to me, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to shoot with that. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> That's, yeah. that's true. Okay, you brought it up double-edged. So there's another side that we got to jump into because it, it seems to affect a lot of people and a lot of our guests that we've had on the show. Social media. Have yeah. you found that it that it has played a part in how you approach getting acting gigs or, or, or getting projects made? Or do you find it not to be a hindrance as much as some people have? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. I think for me it has helped – promote work Mm -hmm. it helps promote shows you have coming up it helps promote my small short films that are in festivals because those aren't going to get the big marketing that studio films going to get right so for me it's helped that um it's it i don't know if it helps people get like a part in a movie specifically because they know xyz on social media right maybe that hasn't worked for me but i also haven't tried to do that you know Mm. i just try to be open and transparent with myself and my artistry Mm -hmm. and like the message that i try to give through my art and um I mean, if you go onto my Instagram, it's pretty personal. Like, mm-hmm. I share a lot about, like, my journey and and whether it's to do with a job or not um, because that's my through line in my art. It's, like, to be compassionate to yourself and compassionate to others. And you can only do that by being kind to yourself and, and honoring the past that you've had. So 
if that works, if someone, you know, is a director and they see that and they're like, oh, that might fit this character, cool. Right. But I don't do it for that. Well, that's good. That's good because we've had previous guests on the show that have been asked in an audition, how many followers do you have on Instagram, which in our opinions yeah. is honestly absolutely ridiculous. It depends on the person's craft and what talent they bring to the table, not to what their social media account is. So, that, I mean, it's that's good that, yeah. It is a thing. It, it is. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, it is a thing. I like, though, that you brought up because um, I, I think it's very important to be – inspiring i think one of the most important things you can do is inspire other people Definitely. and i do yeah. i do say I, I remember seeing one of your posts and it was something to do with um physicality and being proud of who you are and, and okay with your own body and uh, something as simple as that i think especially with young females and and the way people are judged nowadays in the in the industry for someone like yourself to say hey it's okay to be comfortable with whatever you look like and whoever you are. And I, I think it's so important because I don't think you can succeed until you're comfortable or okay with yourself. Agreed. Well, especially in this business, like this industry will ask you to like sell your soul in the blink of an eye. Absolutely. You know, not on purpose, but like it, it's demanding emotionally and mentally. And, and if you can say yes or no, in the blink of an eye and then an hour later go oh shit why did i just do that (laughs) you know so to be like okay know who you are be comfortable with who you are because there will be parts where they might want you to be smaller or they might want you to bulk up or you know somewhere in between and to do that from a place of love not like oh i gotta do this so i can keep my job and, and and i'm not good enough so i have to look this way because that's not good that's not healthy no yeah, so, and, and look, like, even the most quote-unquote perfect body or perfect whatever that we think is perfect, and when we compare or, or look at it in a, in a billboard or a magazine, that person has something, too. Every single person looks at something at their body, and they're like, eh. So to, like, love and honor that about yourself rather than, like, oh, I wish I could change this mm-hmm. is, is, is the approach I like to take. And it's a practice. It's not perfect. It's not like I wake up every day and I'm like, oh, this is great. It's like, okay, this is a practice because our brains are hardwired that way. Absolutely. We got to work on it. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, I just got to ask, because he's one of my all-time favorite actors, what was it like working with Brad Pitt on Ad Astra, honestly? Oh, my gosh. He was great. (laughs) (laughs) That's good to hear. He's so lovely. You know, I've been reading his interviews lately and just watching his shift over the last few years has been really cool. definitely. like, Like you said, he's one of your favorite actors. Like, growing up watching him from being a young, like, heartthrob teenager Mm -hmm. to now, and, like, he was so gracious, um, very polite, a giving artist, very, well, you see in the movie, so he was very intimate, even in the space. Very much so. Quiet, yeah. When he was by himself in the the spacecraft, just going through, especially, giving a little bit of spoilers away, especially after he, uh, killed the rest of the flight attendants right, that were right. on ship with him um <laughs> yeah when really he's going <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry spoiler alert <laughs> but you should yeah. have seen it by now all right <laughs> but I just know. yeah that that intimacy where he's by himself just trying to get to his dad is just absolutely phenomenal yeah because that whole sequence of traveling to get to his dad he there's no dialogue yeah, exactly. it's just all you know expression acting and yeah that's hard to do well, the places he must have had to go within himself to let that come out so naturally, right. you know, was really, really beautiful. So, uh, 
just watching him and watching him with uh, Donald Sutherland was like, mm-hmm. I, I'm like, really? Is this really happening? I was just in <laughs> right? class. It was an acting class. I was just paying attention and. And then also at the same time, like knowing, you know, I, I have a seat at this table too. Yeah, I might not have 50 credits and I'm right. working off my way there. But to know with that confidence, I'm holding my own with two actors that I've been watching since I was a kid. Right. Oh my gosh, that that is so well said. I, I love that. On both sides of it, that, that you approach it and like, look, I've got a seat. I'm not them. I don't have a lot of credits, but I belong here. I earned my way here and I'm part of this. But then to also, on the flip side of that, be smart enough to know, oh my gosh, I'm in the presence of these guys. This right. is a class. Exactly. I can absorb yeah. knowledge here and I can, I can soak yeah. this in and further myself by learning from it i love that you're able to approach it both ways because i think both of that is so important definitely um and so let's flip now we're talking about brad and his brilliance of being silent and all the kind what was the merc with the mouth like i mean ryan reynolds it had to be the complete opposite right like well yeah and i mean completely different story too like super hilarious and wild um, the director for most films like kind of sets the tone of like the whole set so tim miller is hilarious yeah. sure so him and ryan together it was i've never been on a comedy set like that before it was like oh man i was laughing every single day <laughs> trying not to laugh in between like when they were shooting and holding it for when it was in between a tape right was the hardest part oh, it was so funny he was so good um but specifically the scene that him and i had mm-hmm. again like there was moments when he would do something, you know, an actor warm up or like a relaxation or something that he needed to do right before he would uh, the cameras cameras would roll. Uh-huh. I was like, oh my god, cool! He's doing that thing where he relaxes his job. That's what I do. Right. So it was like really cool and reassuring to see, like again, like this hilarious, wild, crazy Canadian, like go Canada. Hell yeah! Um, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I'm Canada too, so let's rock this. Um, but <laughs> but to see that like. It just, it, it creates that, uh, it, it takes down the barrier, I should say, that sometimes we might have when you're working with someone who's a quote-unquote celebrity, right? right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and just to know, like, we're all artists, just giving. That's what we're doing. We're here to do the work. Definitely. And and he's great. He's great and, and hilarious. Like, he's just so witty. The things mm-hmm. he comes up with on the fly, I'm like, wow, I would love to be in your head for five minutes. Right. <laughs> Both brilliant and scary, right? I would imagine. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Those are great stories. Yes. And what, what an experience for you to have it and, and to do these things. That's amazing. So let's talk about your work as a filmmaker. Obviously, you're continuing to do the acting and everything. But as you've mentioned, you make your own um, films and have done some short films. Which, which side do you prefer? Do you prefer? Prefer being in front of or behind the camera? I mean, I always prefer to be in front of the camera, mm-hmm. <laughs> just because that's that's where I feel I can share the most of myself, and it feels really good to give that way. Mm-hmm. However, my left brain, my organized self, <laughs> loves producing. Yeah, like, loves it. So. If I can marry the two together, which I have been, then I feel really good. <laughs> oh, I, I bet. I bet. Get to tell your story on both sides of the camera. That's got to be a great feeling. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Do you think yeah. you would ever uh, step into that director's chair? That's so funny. Like two years ago, I was like, I could never direct. That would be so – it's hard. It's yeah, hard. Like, I can imagine. When you're playing as a director, you are overseeing everything. I'm like, why would anyone ever direct? That's impossible. <laughs> and now like two years later, I'm like, I wonder what it would be like to direct. (laughs) (laughs) 
stepping into it. Two more years, and I, I might be like, I'm going to direct something. Well, and, we'll see. We'll and see. can you yeah. even imagine? Because you said like you you like the front of the camera stuff, but then well, you know, all these people that direct and star in these uh-huh. films, oh it's got to be just incredibly pressure filled, right? Oh my gosh! I mean, it was hard to do. What I did in my very first short, I did. Look, learning curve, mistakes all over the place. Oh yeah. It was my first one, whatever. <laughs> but I wore too many hats. I had like the actor hat on. I had mm-hmm. the producer hat on. I wrote it. Way too many hats. So Definitely. that was for me to learn. If you are going to do two things, like direct acts or produce acts, you should be really, really mindful of like how to transition out from like right now I'm directing the scene versus mm-hmm. right now I'm going to go in and be the actor in the mm-hmm. scene or or produce it and then be the actor. Um, I don't know how. Like, that, to me, sounds so challenging, but yeah. I know from friends who have done it, and just from listening from, um, like, other interviews, I think um, Ben Affleck did one, right. so listening to them talk about, like, you have to set yourself up with a team that you trust, so Definitely. you really trust your DP, you really trust your creative producer to be the eyes when you're in the scene, because when we're in it, and we're in the magic bubble of acting, mm-hmm. like, you cannot be that third eye watching yourself. Right. That's mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm just curious, the friends who have done it, are they method act? Because I would imagine that's the hardest part. Right. If you're a method actor and you try to always stay in character, but you've got to come out of it to direct a scene or something, that's got to be just intense. That's a great question. I feel like we need to ask somebody who does that because I don't. How can you? Right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I feel like well, Bradley you're Cooper. Your method. You're a bad actor. Right. I just I'm thinking of Bradley Cooper just off the top of my head because he's mentioned time and time before that he does like to stay in character and get in. I'm thinking, how do you pull off a star is born when you never leave character exactly. but you've got to direct that i don't even know how that would happen that's a good question i don't know i wonder if he had an interview somewhere because that would be i mean is he watching it as the character then right exactly <laughs> exactly and then how do you even approach that like i, I don't i don't know you're gonna do it one day i can tell just because you seem extremely intelligent and extremely talented on both sides i bet you do it one day and then you'll have to come back and tell us exactly i would love that I would, and i'm gonna be like well that was an epic tale right right <laughs> you remember when i said i wouldn't do this but i did yeah, right. <laughs> so what do you have coming up what you got coming this one is um, Rogue Warfare, so it's it's an independent film group, the Highland Film Group. Mm-hmm. They're great. They do a lot of really awesome indies, and it's doing a theatrical release and uh, video on demand, which is cool, so I can buy it right away. So right. I'm really excited about that. <laughs> um, and then... Next year, there'll be something from Amazon. Mm-hmm. I don't know how quickly Amazon moves, so I don't know when that will be out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that I'm really excited about, and I'm hoping it'll be out at the end of the year, because you know how it is in the independent world, some things oh, yes. take time. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes it takes time. But it's actually my. it was one of my first features I did uh, a lead role in called Hex, mm-hmm. and hopefully that's coming out this year. Awesome. But I'll, I'll announce it when we know the for sure date. Well, definitely. So then the important thing is next to ask, where can everybody follow you so they don't miss that announcement exactly. uh, on social yeah. media? <laughs> Instagram. Instagram is my go-to. I'm, my handle is at Kayla Adams Life. And then on Facebook, I'm just Kayla Adams. Awesome. Simple as that. It's, uh, pretty simple. Easy definitely, to find. Definitely. And what we like to yeah. do to kind of uh, round out the 
interview is ask our guests, what advice would you give to the up and comers trying to break into the industry? And what pitfalls would you say to try to avoid to not fall down those and hopefully have a successful career? (laughs) Wow, (laughs) that's a great question. Um, My advice would be build a support system. Mm. So have your creative support system and your emotional support system because it's challenging and it's good to be around people that can keep you lifted up when you're starting to feel low when you're up against the walls in this industry. Definitely. So that's really important, I think, to have. Um, and to for the pitfalls, you know, I think just getting out of your own way when there's slow seasons mm-hmm. and it happens for everyone at every level not to overthink it and just keep moving. If you're slow, create something, write, paint, go for a hike, do something that fills you up. Yes. So that would be like my, my biggest thing, like to, just to avoid the, the narrative of, oh, it's slow right now and, right. And, and I'm not getting any auditions or what have you. That's okay. Just keep going. Mm, I love that. Seriously. That's seriously, solid advice, and I, I, th- I think it, it gets no better than that. Well, wow, you have been an absolute joy to talk to today. Thank you. This is really, really fun. I'm glad that we could chat. Oh, absolutely. I just, I love your positive attitude and your enthusiasm about everything that you do. And I think the, the listeners are going to just absolutely love this interview. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. You're so very welcome. Awesome, awesome. And welcome back anytime. Anytime you have anything to promote, definitely welcome back inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful day. You, you too, now. Well. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow. Just such a humble person. Yeah. Like, I feel like she's doing it the right way. She absolutely is. And, I mean, I, she's one of the first guests that we've had on the show that, that really kind of talked about seeing it from both sides. Because yeah. I think sometimes, you know, we hear – you do get on a set like that and you're like, oh, my gosh, that's Robert like, De Niro shit, or that's yeah. holy shit and I, in awe. And yet she came from it like, okay, that's true. Right. But I earned being exactly. here and I, I belong here too. That's so refreshing exactly. to hear because you can't be intimidated by them. I uh, I mean, so, yeah. Might as well learn all you can from the person that you maybe once idolized. And, so. and exactly. And how many times have we heard it from guest and guest and guest and guest? Get on a set, get on a set, get on a set. It's invaluable. Agreed. It truly is. I mean, what a gem, though. She was great. Seriously, seriously. Thank you again, Kayla Adams, for coming on the show. All right, now it is time for our top five. We teased it at the top of the show. This week, it is top five Marvel team-ups that you want to see happen on the big screen and the streaming screen. Man, oof. This was a hard one. It was. It was. I'm not going to lie. I took a few from you. when you we did. were I, When we were going through the comic book shop and you were telling me some shit, I, I might have put it in my list. That <laughs> made, made it difficult for you to you, do. You, you did, but, uh, I, but I, I worked mine. Yeah, there I you go. Mine. There you go. I mean, you have way more knowledge about the stuff than I do, so it's okay. I, I like to give you a challenge sometimes. Right, okay, okay. I'm just saying. I'm All just right. saying. All um, right. I got X-Force and X-Men. We kind of seen it a little bit in the second Deadpool. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> set it up. Yeah, um, just because I think that would be freaking hilarious. I just want a, want to see a whole task force that is ran by Deadpool. I just think that would be epic and like the dynamic between Xavier and Deadpool because I think that would be hilarious. It would be. Um, Hulk and She-Hulk, hopefully this actually happens on the Disney Plus uh, series that's going to come out. Right. And Bruce and and, uh, 
uh, Ruffalo there exactly. comes on the show. Exactly. That would be fucking epic. We know they're rumoring that Betty's going to make a return, and I see I mean, if Betty makes a return, you feel like Bruce would make a return, but I don't know. Exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And this next one, that this is the one I stole. This, <laughs> from the first time we ever see Wolverine, Wolverine and the Hulk, I think that would just be an epic matchup, especially if they are fighting against each other in yeah. the beginning. So, oof, you're going to have to tell me that storyline later. Uh, yeah, I mean, for anybody who doesn't know, Wolverine actually first appeared in the Hulk yeah. comic books. And they've, I mean, they have. They've fought numerous times over the years, and they're always epic battles. So it would be awesome to see on screen, no yeah. doubt about it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And like we were talking about a little bit before, I'll give these in like a, a group bundle here, the last <laughs> two. Um, Spider-Man and Daredevil and Spider-Man and Kingpin. Yes. Like you said, uh, Daredevil and Spider-Man have a huge storyline against Kingpin. So fucking, yeah, Vincent D'Afrio is like, whew. Yeah, he's perfect you're never going to get a better kingpin yeah and in my opinion i don't think you get any better than charlie cox's no. daredevil either no. it was brilliant i'd love to say yeah, totally especially agree not ben affleck no <laughs> no definitely not all right mine i want to see an alpha flight movie yeah uh it's ba- basically a canadian uh mutant group mm. um with sasquatch and and uh, i mean aurora and and uh, puck and like all these uh, brilliant characters mm-hmm. but Wolvie spent time with Alpha Flight when oh, he nice. was in Canada, yeah. and and you know, and they have teamed up with the X Men before. So why I just said Alpha Flight is because you could work it any bunch of ways, right. you know, with any of the mutant type people. But more realistically, Wolvie and or the X Men. Yeah. But uh, Alpha Flight, you know, they, they, one of the very first gay comic book characters. Alpha Flight. Oh, nice. So, so I mean, to introduce that character into the MCU would be interesting mm-hmm. for sure. Um, okay, obviously this next one, Spider-Man Venom. We yeah. just we just yeah. got done talking about it's going to happen. Yeah. So, you know, it's on my list, but it's going to happen, that's and gonna that's going to be epic. This next one I would love to see. And rumor has maybe Black Panther, but I think this is where it needs to go. Fantastic Four mm. and Namor. If you, I mean, if you're a comic book fan, you know for a fact that this happens a lot. Yeah. Namor is a good guy, bad guy, good guy, bad guy, good guy, and and you know, all in defending Atlantis from yeah. the Earth people, if you will, you know, the above ground people. But um, they've had some epic battles, and yeah. obviously there was contention between Mister Fantastic and Invisible Woman because she kind of falls for Namor oh, and shit. vice versa oh, when shit. her and Reed are having a spat. Yeah. You know, and so there's a love interest triangle type thing that it would make an epic epic storyline on screen Hell i think yeah. and it would be yeah if we're, and we know eventually we're getting both into the mcu exactly so there it is there's a potential and then obviously secret wars Oof. it's another mega team up with all the mcu yeah. characters coming together so i think that one is going to happen as well uh and then obviously if Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds have anything to do with it. <laughs> right. They're doing their own every day on social yeah, media. exactly. But everybody wants it. I think eventually Disney is going to be smart enough to give the fans what they want. Deadpool Wolverine. Yeah. We need to see a Deadpool Wolverine so film. Good. We need to see it. Before, well, fuck it. I was going to say before they get too old, but fuck it. Jackman doesn't have to hit the gym and get exactly. back in shape anymore. They could just digitize it. They could like make him look like younger or older exactly. or whatever they want him to look like. Let's make this damn thing happen. Exactly. Come on. Exactly. I feel like the de-aging technology has been the topic of the show. Oh, it has and been. Like, it has so, been. I mean, you can work that any which way. You can make 
old characters stay young, and you could even get real old man Logan. Like, yeah, it'd be wild. It's true. I just de-aged myself like thirty years uh, yeah, during the show. Exactly. It's amazing. <laughs> JLo and I are the same uh, age now. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Marvel. You know. You know. Thank you, Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> if only. You. If only. Uh, <laughs> fucking hilarious. Now it is time for the box office recap, man. Oh, I was definitely surprised by this week's last week's numbers because like i said i felt like that the joker was gonna be fucking i don't know if a lot of people were gonna go back and see it but it i was wrong i was wrong number one was joker with 55.8 million i predicted 35 to 40 so yeah way out did my yeah, prediction it, it like, overperformed the first weekend it overperformed the second weekend it's got some competition though coming up so yeah. i don't know but people are definitely not Avoiding it. Agreed. Put it that way. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, number two was the Adams family with thirty point three million. I predicted twenty five to thirty million. When which that one's doing a huge success in the family market. So kudos to them. And I mean, you got fucking Snoop Dogg as cousin it. So. Who also does really well in the family market. Yeah, exactly. Which is hilarious. <laughs> Bernie Sanders is a big uh, fan. Yeah, like, Bernie Sanders is a big fan. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Snoop has the best shit. That's right. I'm not uh, on it right now. <laughs> Number three was Gemini Man with 20.5 million. Um, lukewarm rice basically white rice that's what i compared it to um, <laughs> lukewarm white rice <laughs> uh, Woo, that's a ringing endorsement I right know, there right uh 20 to 25 million number four was abominable with 6.1 i predicted 5 to 10 number five was dontana abbey with 4.9 and i predicted 4 to 7 you know what was not on that list hustlers <laughs> yay we predicted that last week i, I said if anything just make sure that gets out of the top five and it did i know i know but yeah like you said joker has some competition this week Malefic maleficent mistress of evil the one with uh, angelina jolie disney flick uh I think that might take the weekend this weekend, but it also is competing against Zombieland 2, which is a huge cult yeah, classic, yep. so it's going to be interesting. And plus, you know movies you can already go see. Joker, Abominable, uh, Downtown Abbey, Rambo Last Blood in some theaters, Ad Astra in some theaters, Hobbs and Shaw in some theaters, Lion King still in ours, Hit Chapter 2, Gemini Man, and The Addams Family. But like I said, I think Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, is going to be number one with around 35 to 40 million. Number two, I think it's going to be Joker with around 25 to 30 million. Number three, I think will be Zombieland with 25 to 30 million. That one's going to be close, like yeah. I said, because it's just a new movie coming out. Uh, number four is going to be The Addams Family with 15 to 20 million. And number five, I think will be Gemini Man with around 5 to 10 million interesting yeah it's going to be an interesting week like i said uh, we're in the slowdown that's for sure we are in the slowdown it happens it happens i don't think the next plus 50 million is going to be until a beautiful day in the neighborhood yeah or maybe ford versus ferrari that depends on how attracted the audience is to it so which i mean of course is to all these films but how attracted the audience is to christian bale and matt damon so. you don't think terminator uh, I mean that one. I around forty maybe. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. wow. I'm just saying. Wow. I don't know if there's a audience for that anymore. I'm just. Damn. Your time has dun, passed. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but it's Cameron's return. That's though. true. 
and it's uh, Tim Miller from Deadpool. Yeah, that. that I mean, I feel like that's a weird directing choice. Uh, yeah, right. In my but I mean, that's like, a weird directing choice. And I mean, plus all the controversy he just got with like the bomb threat or whatever. So that shit's fucking crazy. Well, maybe that'll drive people to the theater. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now it is time for our IMDb Pro Top Trending segment, man. We love this app. We use it every week. We use it during the show. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's so useful. It literally is the industry Bible. If you do not have this app, you need to go get it, especially if you are an up-and-coming creator. It's true. Uh, the top trending movie this week, by no surprise, Joker, Joaquin Phoenix, Joker. Killing it, man. Killing it. Top trending literally. show. <laughs> yeah, literally. Ask uh, um, De Niro there. Ask That's him. right. That's Ask right. him. Um Top trending show is Peaky Blinders with on Netflix. I'm surprised. Yeah, um, resurgence. Yeah, I think uh, a new season might be coming. It is. Yeah, it is. So that makes sense. That's Definitely. a brilliant show. If you That's haven't, right, right. yeah, if you haven't watched it, you should totally watch it. Brilliant show. Yeah, and the top trending star is Joaquin Phoenix. Man. Definitely deserves an Oscar nomination. Hopefully, it should happen. And if it doesn't, I'm going to be petitioning yeah. on Twitter. It would be a shoe in if not for Mr. Rogers. Right. Agreed. If Tom Hanks ain't in the role with Mr. Rogers, Joaquin walks away with the statue. Agreed. But because of that, it's going to be. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to see. Hell yeah. But, Hell yeah. Well, let's transition into some music side of things the billboard chart toppers we got the top vinyl album sales goes to ode to joy from wilco mm. and they also no they did not um the top <laughs> album sales goes to the first mini album by super m and they kind of racked up a few of our chart toppers um they also racked in the Artists of the Week and the Billboard Top 200 album. So congratulations to them. This is definitely going to be one I'll have to listen to. Hell yeah. Um, top digital song sales goes to 10,000 Hours by Dan Plushe featuring Justin Bieber. Um, mm. Mm. The top streaming song, the top... Uh, no, wait. Just kidding. Radio song of the week is Lizzo's Truth Hurt. She's rocking and rolling with that one. People yes. seem to really love that one. Um, and then the top streaming song and the Hot 100 is Travis Scott, Highest in the Room. All right. Are you highest in the room because you're newly single? I'm right. Like, I'm, right. Whatever, man. You don't have daughter duty anymore. So I guess mm -mm. it is what it is. It is what it is. So freaking funny. Well, anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast this week, Inside the Crazy Ant Farm, episode 88. Holy shit, we're still around. Seriously. Oh, man. We have to thank our guest one more time, Kayla Adams, for coming on the show and giving us a little insight to your life and your story. Hope everyone got some advice comforting news and just keep going guys i mean that's what it's all about chasing your dreams chasing your passions and never giving up because the difference between someone who makes it and someone who doesn't the person who makes it never takes notes and answer and never gives up exactly 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 make sure to follow us on social media at crazy ant media on all social media platforms. Hey, guess what, guys? We are now on Pinterest. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> yes, so you can also follow us on Pinterest as well. We're posting a whole bunch of stuff about animals, filmmaking, food. That's right. Just all that good We're shit. pinning boards. We're yeah. pinning boards. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Make sure to follow us both on our own personal accounts all over social media. Myself, at JLo Fantastic, and at 
crazy and kind 1970 that's right that's right and subscribe to this podcast that's available on any podcast platform that you listen to anchor pot apple podcast spotify google play music iHeartRadio, and so much more and make sure to visit our website, crazyantmedia.com, where you can read our professional bios. Click on the Inside the Crazy Ant Farm page to watch some crazy-ass videos. You can also watch our Inside the Crazy Ant Farm promo commercial that's doing pretty well. You mm, can mm-hmm. keep up to date to our latest projects that we have going on because we are not only a podcast we are also a film and television production company that's right so if you have an idea if you have a project send us over some stuff man we would love to read it love to give you our thoughts love to consult on anything that you have going on because our door is always open we are known and will be known for our embraceiveness of up-and-comers because we love to give anyone and everyone a shot yes because everyone is deserving and while going on this rant i forgot to plug our merchandise <laughs> link make sure to head over to the website and click on the merchandise tab to get the latest and greatest crazy ant gear and we embrace you you embrace our gear exactly That's right. i mean you know you know and you know who else we embrace oprah